following is a presentation of the Outside Lens Radio Network. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Outside Lens. I am your host, Steve Fett. This one's Scotty Freytown along with my co-hosts. Yes, hosts again. Finally, we got the three in the house. First of all, starting out with the cannonball, Alex Steele. Alex, welcome to the show. Thanks to be good. Glad to be here. Three amigos are riding, riding high once again. Yep. Thanks to be here. I, I like that. That That's very, very uh, Catholic church of you. And uh, the <laughs> one and only bootleg better boots. Welcome back. Uh, I'm feeling like an outcast. This just me and you, your mama and your cousin too. <laughs> oh God! The bootleg better. Who better to be? He's singing to us, folks. It's like mm-hmm. horrible karaoke at the house. Fl- flex them golden pipes. I love it. <laughs> but uh, folks, we are uh, officially, officially, officially underway uh, with the. Uh, and the NFL season opened up on Thursday with the Chiefs versus the Lions. We're going to jump into that right now. I mean, that is that is the current elephant in the room. Everybody's talking it. It's the talk of the town. It's, uh, it's the bull in the china shop. Yeah, that's that's what it is. Um, yeah, it was a bunch of bull, all right. Yeah, it was uh, <laughs> not a pretty game. Not a pretty it game. It wasn't. And, and uh, I felt like both teams looked terrible in that game. If I'm being perfectly honest with you, I was not impressed by either team. Um, I, I felt like uh, really the Lions offense struggled. I felt like the Chiefs struggled. Patrick Mahomes struggled. No Travis Kelsey. Kadarius Tony. Oh my good lord, Kadarius that, Tony. Yeah, that was that was quite possibly one of the most surprising performances I've seen from Kadarius Tony. I mean, you know, we we were following him briefly last year. When he had like a little bit of a spark to him uh, during the regular season, but man, last night he showed his ass. Yeah, Thursday night was a, a rough night for him. Have you been paying attention to Kadarius Tony? I've been paying attention to Kadarius Tony for a long time. Former Gator got chomp chomp got drafted the Giants and could not catch a cold. <laughs> had a lot of injuries, and I mean, I remember. I remember seeing him get – he was injured and on the sideline, something with, with his ankle, and, and he's frustrated. And he's sitting there on the bench, and, he, and he's so mad, and he jumps up and he curses. Well, as he's jumping up to curse and, 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 uh, and, get, and be mad, he accidentally hits an, an assistant coach oh. or something like that on, in the face. Uh, right, and you could see the, you could see the coach, you know, take the blow. I mean, he took him like a soldier. I had to salute him. <laughs> I mean, you know, but you could tell that it bothered him. But he said, he, "I know this guy is just—he's high strung and he's hurt and he's frustrated. So I'm gonna let this one go." Because when Tony jumped up, he popped that guy in, in the jaw, you know, oh, with, with an errant an errant hand. But he uh, he being Kadarius Tony. I think the Lions should probably send him uh, like a thank you card. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe yeah. even a check. Sheila Forham, go ahead and sign him over a check and send it to him because, Rutta, if I, – I'll, I'll just put it like this. The Lions did what they were supposed to do. 
They won the game. Yeah. However, as Terry Foster would say, if Kadarius Tony doesn't drop a pass in the red zone mm-hmm. and a wide open, like there was nobody in front of him, nothing but green grass, just a meadow, a yep. beautiful meadow of green grass ahead of him, and he drops it again late in the game. That's why I say it's not about when you it sometimes not about just dropping a pass. When did you drop it? Right. Where did you drop? Yeah. Key moments and key spots in the game, and he didn't come through. Yeah. The the thing about Kadarius Tony that got me, and and the just so we we are clear, the Lions did pick up the victory against the Chiefs, twenty one twenty in that game. The, there's a few things I noticed about Kadarius Tony. You know, he dropped a pass that was for an easy first down on a third and four. Easy. Right? Easy first down. I mean, Mahomes put it in his bread basket there. Oh. He drops a pass that results in a pick six from Brian Branch. Yeah, 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 it, yeah, it got yeah. tipped right into his hands. Yeah. Um, and then he goes out and he, he dropped. I forgot about that one. Yeah, he goes. And, and they didn't credit him for a drop there. It just it turned out to be, he mm-hmm. really, it, it turned out to be pick six from Mahomes. Yeah, they just forgot all about yeah, it. Yeah. The, uh, the yeah. fact that it slipped out of his hands there. He he drops the the that pass late in the game on that final Chiefs drive. That was a game winner. It was yep. a game. Winner. It would be a different conversation had he caught that yeah. pass. I mean, it, it would they, it, that immediately put the Chiefs in field goal range. Immediately, it, it, I mean, he was wide open, and and that's something that I noticed about Kadarius Tony in that entire game is he was open and he was getting open. And the Lions had no answers for him in their secondary. Yeah. But in the grand scheme of things, Kadarius Tony just couldn't haul in the passes. With he just, it was the probably the ugliest catches or attempts at catches I've ever seen. And then he also got credited for a fumble that was lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. I mean, it, he probably had one of the worst opening game showings. Of any player I've ever seen in prime time, national yeah. television, spotlight on yep. your brother. Yeah, and, and you, what do you do? And you got a microscope on you, and here you are. You know, and you <laughs> dump your way out of position. <laughs> yeah, it, was, <laughs> it was so bad. We bring you in, put you over, throw all these passes to you, and what do you do? You dumb yourself right out of position. Yeah, and and I I think for the Lions, for the Lions, I. I think they do owe Kadarius Tony a, a thank you card. I agree. Yep. And on the other end, I think a lot of Lions fans are celebrating prematurely. I felt like this. There's uh, um, the Lions almost lost that game to one man, to one man, because that's the only guy out there that came to play was Patrick Mahomes. I t- I right. I no, no. Well, nobody could tackle him in the in the backfield. I mean, you know, let, now granted, it's Patrick freaking Mahomes. I mean, you know, he's he's a wizard, you know. So you really can't sit there and go, well, you know, well, nobody could tackle the guy. The guy's it's Patrick Mahomes. He's he's a, he's a wizard in the backfield. But again, he's probably at the chiropractor's right now, getting his back readjusted from carrying the team all night. Oh yeah, because he's really the only impact player that was on that team. Uh, you know, he was he was able to, you know, do what he needed to do, but the people around him, you know, couldn't get the job done. And Kadarius Tony is a major reason for that. Yeah. It, and they the, the they struggled on the edges. 
with with Aiden Hutchinson, and that's huh. I, I can oh, I can. Oh no, they didn't struggle. They just held them. Yeah, yeah, they did. They, I mean, <laughs> they, they didn't struggle at they, all. Here, let me grab you. There, there was a lot of struggling going on for that Chiefs offensive line, and and you're right to to one. I noticed that every time there was there was a well, Lions ran two two defenses in that. That's it. Two yeah. defensive plays. They ran a covered four and a cover one with a spy, and that's that's how they. And, and every time there wasn't a spy, Patrick Mahomes took off. Every yeah. time there was no spy, he was like, "I'm running." Every yeah. single time that the, that they got, tried to get home, the 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 line parted like the Red Sea, and Patrick Mahomes skidded across the field like a toddler stealing his parents' iPhone. Yeah, and and it was it was um, interesting to see. And then on top of it, you know, I I got a I got a level with the Lions fans. I got a level with them. Okay, and and this is, this is uh, uh, hurt. And, and Alex, you know this. this you mm-hmm. heard my my bitching. For the Lions fans, they're going to act like this is their Super Bowl. You know, like, oh, we beat the defending champions. Oh my gosh, we we went. Out I've and- seen I've seen the posts on Facebook. It's a little cringeworthy. Uh, and and you know, like I mean, at Ford Field, from my understanding, you know, a bunch of fans dropped a, a big banner that says Super Bowl bound and all this other they're shit. Like, they're like. <laughs> You don't you don't get to drop that banner till you win the NFC Championship, okay, buddy? <laughs> the, the, uh, let, let me let me go on as a Lions fan. You know, let me let me. Uh, I mean, well, okay, wait. Before I do that, Scott, go ahead and continue because no. there, there's a lot of stuff you got to say. But I, I have some counterpoints. Let me throw it to Boots here because I I know that that he was about to make a point about oh, that viewing party that was going on. Yeah, a viewing nine thousand people. Yep. Down at Ford Field to just to watch television. Yeah, uh, and it's a different buzz. It's a different buzz about the Lions. Yeah, th- there's there's a lot of buzz, and and here's the thing. Uh, here's why I have a problem with with all this buzz. Okay, look, the the expectations were set very high this off season. Okay, and yeah. the Lions made all these moves. They did all this stuff in yeah. free agency. They did and, and people. People have been losing their minds about that draft, and I'm going to talk about that draft in a second here, okay? People have been losing their minds about it, and I don't think there's still any reason to be losing their minds about it, okay? But what I will say is is um, there's a lot of hype. That hype train has been coming out of the station, and, and really what I saw was a team that almost got beat by one man. I see a team that, that didn't have two key cogs, two key stars. You mean to tell me if, and, and a lot of those routes, just so we're clear, a lot of those routes that Kadarius Tony was running, those were Travis Kelsey routes. That that across the field route that resulted yeah. in the pick six, do you think that gets tipped up if Travis Kelsey's running that route like he normally would be? Right. That's a Travis Kelsey bread and butter pass. Yeah. That happens every single game. I see it two, two to three times a game. You think that pick six happens if Travis Kelsey's on the field? Hell no. Travis Kelsey brings that ball in. So so I, I struggle with, with certain situations. The Lions offense put up 14 points against the Chiefs defense without Chris Jones on the field. And mind you, that running game that they, that they executed, where were they running at the whole game? You had, Up the middle. David Montgomery only had a three and a half average in that game, and they ran that ball relentlessly at that spot, yeah. right where Chris Jones would be, 
They ran directly at him, and that man only wound up with a three and a half average. So that should tell you something that there is an issue at hand here. There is a, a much bigger problem, and and Lions fans are going to run around and pump their fists and say we beat the the defending Super Bowl champions in Week One, and and they're going to would say oh you know we went out and we beat them. You know what? You only beat Patrick Mahomes by a point, by a point, and then you almost costed yourself the game, and your lucky Kadarius Tony dropped a pass. Oh, I, I got okay. I got something to say about that. I totally agree with that. Uh, okay, the, it's two minute. It's two minute drill football. All right. Uh, it's 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 like fourth and two, fourth and three. I'm sitting there going, okay, they're lining up. They're gonna try to get Kansas City to jump off sides. You know, but then they'll just drain the clock and then call timeout and then punt the ball. What does genius do? They take the snap. They don't hand it off they throw a pass and it gets tipped at the line yeah you mean to tell me when i saw that happen i'm like that's it that's the say that's the sol moment yep and in the end and the only thing that stopped patrick mahomes and the chiefs from from stealing the game from us was Kadarius tony dropping that pass he had nothing but daylight yep. and he dropped it and you know so, you know, this is basically what happened. Dan Campbell almost gave the game away, and Andy Reid, Kadarius Tony, and by dint, Patrick Mahomes, it's not 100% his fault, said, nah, bro, you, come ahead, you go ahead and, and take this one away. Because what, what do you do if you're, it's fourth and like, uh, like okay, I don't like I don't know why you would go for it. Uh, well, I guess you gotta you got to uh, you're down, so you ha- you have to score. But my thing was is they you know on fourth and and whatever fourth and twenty five. So a lot of people were like, well, why didn't they punt the ball? Why didn't the Chiefs punt the ball on fourth and twenty five? Why didn't they do that? And and the reason there's a reason that they didn't do that, and the reason they didn't do that is because if the Lions kick a field goal in that situation. It's still Patrick Mahomes, and they still, they still have, have to get, yeah, they, at least they give him the opportunity to get the ball back. You you get less of an opportunity to get the ball back if you punt the ball and then use up a timeout to do so. You know, so they, they would go into the next drive with only two timeouts instead of okay. three timeouts. So now we're going to burn more time off the clock and give Patrick Mahomes okay. less of an opportunity to score. So, I mean, it, it, at that point, it's like, all right, you know the Lions are going to run the ball three times, right? Let's burn our right. time on that drive. And, right. then- well, here, and, here, and here's the deal, too. I mean, okay, I, I, I don't, you know, I, it makes sense when you say it that way, but still, why pass it? Why give the opportunity to stop the clock by dropping the pass? Yeah. Possibly, you know, not getting it. Like, if, if, he, if there was some, if somebody caught it and they were short, fine. But, you know, here's why. run it. Even if you don't get there, run the ball and wait and drain the clock. You know, think- Dan Dan Campbell needs to needs to tighten up on on the late game situations, and you, they all said it in the locker room. You know, there's a lot of stuff they have to clean up. They already know, but here's here's what we do know: Campbell's going to gamble. Yeah, right. Just period. We we've seen it now. Multiple years, multiple games. Campbell's going to gamble. That's that's what he does. Yeah. yeah. So you right. can't 
just, if, you know, I know what you just said, Scotty. Oh, they're going to run it three times. Maybe. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, you never know when camp early in the game, first drive or second drive, whatever it was, and they fake punt within their, at their own 20 yard line, whatever. And it's like, what the? But they got it. Yeah, they got it. Right? And they weren't expecting it. So the special teams coordinator, special teams coach, they showed him for Kansas City. He was just, ah, in frustration right. because they were, he wasn't expecting it. No one was. The entire, nobody. I mean, people were getting up to go to the restroom or getting up to go get some chips or whatever and tried to turn back around and say, oh, shoot, they got it on fourth and two. Yeah. So Campbell's going to gamble. We know this. But here's a, here's a, here's a big point. The Lions won the game. All of the things that happened, all of the missed holding calls, all of the penalties that the referees called the Lions for, all of the nonsense, right? The false start. How many false starts did did the Chiefs uh, get away with? Like almost all of them. At uh, left tackle, Jawan Taylor. Uh, jo- yeah, Taylor, brother. I'm I'm just watching the game. Like that's a false start. That's a false start. That's a false start. Like how many times does this guy have to kick his leg back? In a, you know what I mean, to set yeah. up for uh, pass protection, but you're you're committing a penalty doing that, and the refs did not call it. So the referees tried to give Kansas City every advantage by not calling certain calls, by overcalling calls on Detroit. Tried to give them every advantage because Detroit wasn't supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. This isn't supposed to be their time. I, I will say this about about these calls. And and there were a few calls where I feel like and, and this happens all the time when it comes to Detroit and, and Detroit. And I know you're not a Lions fan, but it, it happens all the time when it comes to Detroit and their football fans and, and the people watching these games. I think people are have got it in their head so much over the last 30 years that Detroit has been screwed here and screwed there yeah. and screwed here. That that and what I watched in that game, for example, there was a definitive, definitive, no doubt about it, pass interference that took place. I mean, it was it was without a doubt. It, it wasn't even in question. Yeah. And immediately, I'm sitting there. I'm watching with a group of people, and we're watching this this game as that pass interference call takes place. The tight end has, uh, I I forget who they hit Sutton beat. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sam and and Sutton comes up, grabs the jersey, grabs the arm, damn near tackles the guy, and and the the flag comes out, and these Detroit fans, oh, God, the refs are out to get us. The refs are out to get us. Well, hang on a fucking minute. It was not even a question of pass interference. I I saw it, too, and I totally agree. I mean, first of all, Cortland Sutton got torched. He did. Yeah, Sutton got torched. Cameron. Cameron Sutton. Cameron Sutton got torched, and yeah, and and it was absolutely clear that it was pass interference. Yeah, but but and and that was the immediate thing. When it comes to the Detroit Lions and their fans right now, and and they're they're celebrating this as their Super Bowl. To me, your your team eked one out, and and you eked one out against one guy who didn't have a, a yeah. good amount of stars on the field. Yeah, look, the, the the people are going to rejoice, but here's what the coaches are going to tell you: we missed too many tackles. Yep. Yep. We 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 didn't protect when we needed to. We dropped too many that we did not cover properly. Mm-hmm. We right. didn't we didn't capitalize we enough did. on Chris Jones not being there. Exactly. So this is stuff of course they're going to have to clean some stuff up but we also have to remember the Lions did not play their starters 
throughout the entire preseason. Yeah. Right? Yep. Golf didn't take a snap. And they unveiled Jameer Gibbs. Oh, God. And, and man, it, it it took the Lions just a little bit to get, you know, to get going. But next week, if the, if the Lions don't just keep their heads to or nose to the grindstone, if they just, just do what you've been doing and keep grinding, if you don't do that, you're going to fight. If you celebrate this victory over Kansas City any longer, you're going to lose. Yeah, I, I and, and so, Seattle, Seattle yeah. will will stomp on you. Yeah, so don't celebrate too long. And right. these fans, these fans are acting like like this is, you know, just the, the the greatest thing to ever happen, and and they're having a blast. Super Bowl, you know, and I I, I saw I saw it for what it was. You beat one man by one point. That's what you did. You beat one man by one point. Elite. Yeah, and, and that's why I said I couldn't pick against them. Because it's Pat, Patrick Mahomes, yep. the second. Yeah, <laughs> and and I also, um, you know, as far as as uh, Jameer Gibbs goes, Jameer Gibbs, there was a moment when Jameer Gibbs came across the left side, and he, I mean, broke two tackles. Yeah, and and put up I like a, I believe up, yeah. it was a twenty eight yard gain on that play, and and I watched that play and I went, wow, okay, you know, maybe I was wrong about this kid. And then we got to the red zone, and the 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 Lions, and then the, the ensuing play was was a touchdown on Amon Ross St. Brown. But the play before that was a handoff to Jameer Gibbs. Perfect blocking situation. Everything was beautiful. Oh, it was. It was beautiful. He had that you're man. Talking about the, you're talking about the 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 lost yard. The the, the one, face plant. The one <laughs> he tripped. Play. You picking out the one play. And I watched I watched that man go around and eat it you know and the other thing i know moving too fast the, 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 oh okay it, man the, the legs sometimes you move too fast it was his first pro game the you know the yeah other, he wanted to score I the think. other thing i noticed is that when jameer gibbs uh, uh hit the line and he mm -hmm. like he took contact but he couldn't push the pile well, the same way that David Montgomery did. Maybe not push the pile, but what he does, he bounces off because he he's got good, great contact balance, and he bounces off a tackle. That I can give him. He yeah. he he had a, a was it five five tackle breaks or six yeah. tackle breaks on yeah. seven carries. I mean, yep. it was, he's that, stronger than yeah. you think. That it, that was impressive. Yeah, that was the like, and and I stopped and I went, wow, okay, there was the tackle breaking is you're going to have trouble bringing this guy down. Yeah, brother. But as far as um, uh, being able to, to push the pile and be a power runner, he he, you need to get that guy if you're going to make him effective. After what I saw, if you're going to make him effective, he needs mm -hmm. to do an outside zone run more. Yeah. yeah, more often than not, you need you're going to got you have to get him on the edges to use that speed and that uh, agility. He can run in between the tackles here and there. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you don't, don't want to continually. He's not a Derrick Henry or a Nick Chubb. Somebody he, he's a Dallas that you Chubb. can. Yeah, you don't yeah. want to continually run him into the line because that's not where his ultimately that where where his strength lies. Yeah, the, his strength lies in the open space and you know and off tackle. Yeah, and and that's why I think um, that's why I think he's he's been being used the way he is right now as kind of an uh, a, I guess an overglorified change of pace guy in a way. Um, and and you know really uh. uh Derek, I'm sorry, um, David Montgomery, rather. David Montgomery did not have a good game. And and people are going to give him a lot of credit, you know. And, and really, I saw a guy that was just plowing into the line, seeking out contact, not really 
not really trying to break anything loose, just plowing in the line. He wound up with a three and a half average. Up right. He he didn't he have got the, he got the the game goal winner. line touch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. So he 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 was the the bread, right? Yeah. <laughs> Jameer Gibbs was the butter baby. Yeah, yeah. But you know Montgomery was the bread. Just keep out here. Just eat Pound this the bread. Rock. Pound yeah. the rock. Yep. Yeah. Pound the rock. Yeah. So you know he might be good for those like short yarded situations where it's necessary. You know, I when I first heard that they signed David Montgomery, I'm like, oh boy, he's getting that guy from the Bears. I mean, he's nothing special. You know, and and you know, he, it's not like he's he's not like the end all be all at running back. You know, I I really hope that you know something you know changes. Uh, you know, during the course of the season, we find out oh. You know, he has now he has this skill, but you know, I mean, I wasn't jumping up and down when they signed Montgomery. You know, he's de- you know, we definitely talked about on this show where he could possibly be the bell cow back. Uh, which you know, again, I would rather have had I, re- I would rather have had Jamal Williams re sign with the Lions, but you know, he but New Orleans offered him more money, so you know, and good on him. You know, if, if he wants to get paid, let him go get paid, you know, but. I would definitely, I would have picked Jamal Williams over David Montgomery any day of the week. Honestly, brother, I think they're about the same. Because when you mm-hmm. look at Montgomery's career in Chicago, here you talk about one of the worst offensive lines that he had been running behind for a few years, right? That is true. He did have some injuries, but he came back from those injuries and still produced and, and produced at a level that you didn't expect because look at that bad offensive line. Right. And he's and Montgomery still, you know, came out ahead and still plowed forward and didn't lose yardage. Right. If you notice, David Montgomery does not lose a lot of yardage. No. And as a running back, thank you. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's Just, fair. You know, That's fair. Don't, don't lose us yardage. And, and he didn't. So I think this is a great fit for Montgomery in Detroit playing with a top three offensive line yeah and and i i look at um uh i look at uh, like sam laporta for example a lot of people were soaking their jockeys about him guys he had five catches for 39 yards for christ's sake (laughs) let's not let's not pretend and and it's amazing how many you know lions fans are are fascinating to me in in this fashion because look i i i get that hawkinson left town and you know Week eight last year or week six last year, everybody was soaking their jockeys about how Hawkinson had himself a, a great few games leading into the trade deadline. And, oh, my God, look at TJ Hawkinson. He's tearing it up. Oh, my God. Now Lions fans are sitting here. Oh, he sucks. He's an overrated <laughs> bum. He doesn't know Sam Laporta is ten times the tight end. No, he's not. It's, it's, You're high. If you, listen, I, <laughs> I – <laughs> you are high if you think TJ Hawkins is a tenth of say no, it's the other way around. Sam Laporta is a tenth of TJ Hawkinson. Hawk is Hawk is a very, very dynamic t- tight end. But but this is the things that, that Lions fans say and do and, and that just right. get, they bug the shit out of me. And look, Lions fans, you you won by a point. Okay. You won by a point. And and look, I what what's the old saying, Alex? What do what do Lions fans like to say? Um, it's not the same old lines because that's when they're losing. <laughs> a win is a win. A win. Oh, is- oh yep. You know yeah. Uh, okay. I hate that mentality, and I've said that numerous times on this show. I hate that mentality. 
because the Lions fans, they went out and, and Rome, let's, let's give them a history lesson. We went, we went and saw the Lions go 11 and five, right? And when, when they went 11 and five, how many teams over the eight and eight mark did they beat in that season? And when they went to the playoffs, not a whole lot, zero, zero, none. They didn't beat a single team over eight and eight. And then they, and what did the Lions fans tell me all that year? When I said, guys, you're not beating anybody. You haven't beaten anybody. And everybody called me crazy. Everybody said I was a nut job for pointing that out. And they said, well, win is a win. Well, no, no. You you went to the playoffs and then you got waffle stomped down the drain. The turds they were by by the New Orleans Saints in the wild card round. And everybody stood there scratching their heads. What? Whoa, what happened? And then we, a few years later, the Lions go, what, 12 and 4, I believe it was, under Jim Caldwell, right? And then they go to the playoffs, right? And they, they get there. And I say, guys, you haven't beaten anybody. You, the only team that finished over 8 and 8 was Green Bay. You have one win over a good team. The rest of your wins are against a bunch of teams that finished under 8 and 8, including my Vikings that year. And everybody, what did they say to me? Well, a win is a win. A win is a win, Scotty. And then here we are. They go to the first round, and they get beat by the Dallas Cowboys. And look, I realize that in that game, somewhere the, in the mentality of everything, Detroit Lions, I, they're going to go, we got screwed in that game. We got screwed by the referees. Look, I have said this so many times, and it's amazing how many people it, – it, like. The blinders were up for Lions fans because I watched that play. I've watched that play on replay. I've watched that play where, where Dallas got called for a pa- didn't get called for the pass interference. And I, I watched that over and over and over again. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's real hard to get your head around to play a football when you're getting face masked all the way down the field. Because I was the guy that was sitting there watching that play unfold. And as it was unfolding, going, that receiver's got his face mask. That's a face mask. That's a face mask. That's a face mask. Where's the flag? That's a face mask. Nobody wants to acknowledge that there was a fucking face mask on that play. There are pictures online of the exact angle where the Lions wide receiver has the Dallas Cowboys corner by the face mask. But we got screwed by the referees. No, you got beat by a superior team. And you got beat because of the fact that you went in with that a win is a win mentality. And you got stomped again. And everybody stood there scratching their head wondering why. And then here we go again. We're, we're, it's 2023. You got a one-point win over a Kansas City Chiefs team that doesn't, didn't have two of the biggest impact players in the entire goddamn league, including the best tight end and one of, the, one of, if not the best defensive tackle on the field. Oh, win is a win. I can't wait to these Detroit Lions go either A, go to the playoffs and get waffle stomped down the drain like the turds they are because they struggled heavily in that game. Heavily. They struggled so bad against one man. I think there's this overhyped. I think people are way too excited. I think people are, are way too fired up about this, this uh, victory, this one-point hollow victory. And I think people are overselling the fact that they got a one-point hollow victory and people believe that this team is going to be a Super Bowl-bound team. 
I don't see it. I see a team that struggled against one man without their stars on the field, and, and they struggled to cover Kadarius Toney, who, if he didn't have butterfingers worse than Johnny Morton, we would be having a different conversation today. They struggled, and it's true, and nobody wants to acknowledge it. And the Kansas City Chiefs, I get that they're Super Bowl champions, guys, but really they struggled against guys like Sky Moore. They struggled yeah. against Kadarius Toney. They struggled against seventh-round Isaiah Pacheco, who I love. They struggled against Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who is not that good. We've he is not. Good. They struggled against mediocre players, guys that if they went to another team would probably be backups. Andy Reid just takes some of these players and says, eh, they're good enough. We got Patty Mahomes out there. And to <laughs> one end, I, I understand it. But on the other end, these are the like a lot of these guys were, were on that Super Bowl winning team and had impacts in that Super Bowl winning team. But the other thing about the this whole thing and, and the the stuff that people don't think about is how many guys the Kansas City Chiefs lost from that Super Bowl team. Do you know that from that Super Bowl roster to now, the Chiefs lost a whopping 31% of their starters from that Super Bowl team? Not counting the injuries, like we're talking people that either People uh, left. Dropped. People left. Left. Walked. Yep. Uh, the the guys that they lost injury wise that they didn't have on the field, and the guys that were on that Super Bowl winning team, they lost thirty one percent of their starters. Thirty one percent. Frank Clark, Orlando Brown, Chris Jones, Travis Kelsey, Juju Smith Schuster. These guys were all impact players for that Chiefs team last year. That was a Super Bowl team. So people need to realize that you didn't beat the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl winning team. You didn't. You beat you beat the Kansas City Chiefs at 70%, 60%. Yeah. You beat Patrick Mahomes and a bunch of bums. I, I realize that. All right. I, I'm I'm sitting here saying I have always said this is uh, it's counterpoint time. I'm gonna do my best. Uh I've I've always said I'll believe it when I see it. I've always, I've always had that mentality. I believe it when I see it. I, you know, I totally agree that this is not a victory we should celebrate for long. Boots put it perfectly. Yeah, let's let's soak in the moment. Let's let's not hang the banner. Let's roll that banner back up because you got You can't unfurl it until you win it. But let's soak in the moment. You got to understand also. This is a, this is a city that has endured hardships and not just in football you know they used to be an automotive giant now it's a it's an oozing sore of urbanity um you know it's uh but it's also a blue collar town and you know it's all that's also one of the most optimistic you know uh group of citizens in the country any any moment is going to turn around so it, it it says it's you know boots put it this way too we have to keep doing what we're doing and uh, we we want part of the reason we uh, yes part of the reason we won that game is because kansas city was an injury ward and chris jones is sitting up in the press box going oh i'm gonna get a sweet contract after this game's done you know that is part of the reason without a doubt but there's another reason why the, the lions won it's because of who they are now 
And you know, I see, I saw a team that took that could have taken, uh, you know, all those all those false start calls. The defensive guys could have just pointed at the refs all night long and said, "Hey, that guy's offsides. Hey, that guy's offsides, or or false start, whatever." But they didn't. They just sat there and went, "Okay, we're gonna have to roll our sleeves up and get dirty." We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to go in the trenches. It wasn't pretty, but you know what? What, what these people need to do is they they need to continue to to do their jobs. They need to continue to play that the way that they're playing, and obviously evolve and 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 fill in gaps, and you know mold themselves because they're going to have to build themselves up because if they're going to be Super Bowl contenders, if they're going to be playoff contenders, when it gets to nut cutting time, when you're in the divisional round or, or God forbid, not God forbid, they're hosting a playoff game and Ford Field is about to, you know, you know, need, is going to need some reconstruction after they tear the roof off the place. You know, you, you, you need to build yourselves to a point where you're facing off against the NFL's elite. You know, what, what if you run into, uh, what if you run into the Buffalo bills in the super bowl? What if you run into the Cincinnati Bengals? you know, or what if, or what if the Kansas city chiefs get their shit together and they rebuild their team, they make it to the super bowl with Travis Kelsey, with Chris Jones, with Orlando Brown. With Juju Smith Schuster, with all those cogs in place, well, they're not going to get to to there with with Juju or Brown because Brown and and Juju have gone elsewhere. In, in okay, years. right. The, the point the point is this: if if they get those, if Kansas City puts those big pieces back together, can the Lions overcome that? Uh, and and uh, one other thing um, that I thought of, and I oh, it's it's right on the tip of my mind. If if I if I try too hard, it's going to fall off. Uh, they they meant uh, you make mention of the fact that crap I lost it. <laughs> so if if I think about it, I'll bring it back up. The point the point is this: keep doing what you're doing, and don't rest on your laurels. You know, and and you know fans need to, you know yes, take pat yourselves on the back. You know, good job. You beat a team. You beat a you beat a team that was basic. You almost lost by with one. You almost lost to one man because of mistakes that could easily be corrected. Uh, you know, so going forward, you know, you you, you really have to, you really have to, you know, c- continue. <sighs> Just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, and, and you the Lions, I, I look at their schedule boots, and I, 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 I've seen their, their schedule moving forward. It's not a difficult schedule. The Lions have one of the That's softest true. schedules in the league this year. And this is what, one of the reasons why I was like, I've been dreading this year a little bit, because this is another one of those, I, I call them a win is a win years. Because the Lions mm-hmm. are going to go out and they're going to rip apart uh, uh, you know, Atlanta. They're going to rip apart yeah. the... Yeah, who? <laughs> Yeah, Arthur Smith and the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, good job. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna rip apart certain teams that that I, I see should it be ripped apart. Yeah, I see it coming, and and I'm like, okay, so they're gonna tear apart all these these you know whack ass teams. Week 17, Detroit versus Minnesota. Am I the only one that's boots? You you I know you probably see this coming. Am I the only one that sees that game? 
as being like the showcase game of that week because I have a feeling the division rests in week 17, Vikings versus Lions. I think winner it's going to be winner take all, don't you? I think the Packers will have something to say about that. Oh, God. Oh, oh please. And the win is the win. Ugh, gross. Gross. But here's the thing about, about the Packers, and, and I'm so glad that you mentioned the Packers because I don't think the Packers are going to have something to say about it, and here's why. Uh-oh. Here's why. This upcoming week, the Packers do take on the Bears, but you have been losing your minds about these Packers wide receivers. Well, Packers wide receiver Christian Watson is listed as out versus the Chicago Bears, and wide receiver Romeo Dubs is questionable versus the Bears, both due to hamstring injuries. The Packers will be without, possibly without both their number one and two receivers, but they will be without their number one in Jordan Love's debut against the Bears. Mm. Boots, does that make you feel warm and fuzzy on the inside? <laughs> Questionable. Huh? Well, let's answer some of these questions. Mm. Who do you think is going to carry this Packer offense then? I don't know. I have to run that football a lot. They are going to get Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon a lot of work. Yeah. And yeah. Roman. Does they say he's questionable now? But I'm gonna answer the question. He will play. Ooh, and that <gasps> Luke Musgrave, six foot eight, two hundred and thirteen pounds. This a giant gazelle of a man running down the seams is gonna do damage to the Chicago Bears. And the and, last- and, in, and in all fairness, it's the Chicago Bears and Bustin Fields. Yep, and it's just all love, baby. <laughs> I mean, the Packers to continue the ascension because oh. now it starts anew. Jordan Love is better than people think. He's better than the last two years that we've seen him in their limited sample size. He was garbage. Mm. He was NFL garbage. He Don't was get bad. me wrong. He was bad. But now he's a lot better. I think Aaron Jones is going to have a big game. Yeah, the, the, he could very well, both him and A.J. Dillon, could have themselves big games. Jordan Love is going to have to really channel, and channel his inner Aaron Rodgers there and, and uh, uh, channel his inner uh, uh, Brett Favre and kind of turn things up on his own. He's going to have to, and, and it's, it's sink or swim time, really, yeah. for him. I mean, they're, cast, they're throwing him to the wolves. See, it's not, it, I mean, Jordan Love, everybody's already, you know, cast him aside as not going to be Aaron Rodgers, not going to be Brett Favre. I mean, right. the Packers have had two quarterbacks for the last 20 years combined. Yeah. Two starting quarterbacks. Yeah. Right? So Almost they, 30. Right, yeah, yeah. Almost so they, 30. Yeah, almost 30. They've had a, a beautiful run of it. So people are casting Jordan Love aside. He's better than you think, number one. And number two, the real question is, what's Justin Fields going to look like? Yeah. Garbage here in the system, you know, the the limited the limited uh, uh, sample size we've got in the preseason. Eh, yeah, a little questionable. Not all that impressed. Right? right. So now you're going to play against a tough defense in Green Bay. Like they don't the Green Bay doesn't get the defensive credit that they deserve. A lot of times they play a lot better in Lambeau than they do on the road. But they are really good defense that Justin Fields is going to have to go against. And they'll be at full strength 
early in the season, first game out, rebuild offensive line. I don't trust. I don't. I don't trust it with the Bears, and I don't trust Justin Fields yet. I I gotta see it first. Yep, I, I agree with you there. You're not gonna. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I'm with Alex there too. I you know you, you I, I don't think they're gonna, but they're gonna have to. Um, all elsewhere around the division, the Vikings getting some stuff done. Uh, let's first of all, Kyle Rudolph. He's set to be uh, uh, honored. Hey. In the Vikings uh, ring of honor there. I always love Kyle Rudolph. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he's retiring after 12 seasons. Kyle Rudolph had himself a hell of a career. I loved Kyle Rudolph when he got picked up in the Notre second Dame. round. I was yep. mad he came out of Notre Dame because yep. I cannot stand the fighting Irish. <laughs> he was a really, really productive tight end for, for uh, Minnesota for a lot of years. Yeah, very good tight end. Had some had some of the best hands, I think, since yeah. Chris Carter, I would yeah. say. I, he's He was special. And he could block, him. though, too. Yeah, right? yep, yep. So one of the, one of the best tight ends, I think, uh, it, to, to come into Minnesota for, I mean, after all those years when they picked him up second round, I was very excited about that pickup. Yeah. But the Vikings uh, are getting other things done and we talked about them earlier. So we got to talk about them now. The Vikings, the elephant in the room for them is that they signed tight end TJ Hawkinson to a four year, 68 and a half million dollar deal. He gets 17.1 million per year, uh, makes him the highest paid tight end in NFL history. Look, I'm gonna, you yeah. soaked your jockeys when this when this contract got signed. I did. I did. I here's here's why I like this. And boots, I see mm-hmm. you breathing hard. Oh, God damn it! You know, here's what I do. I I like T.J. Hawkinson a lot. I love the fact that he's one of Kirk Cousins' favorite targets. I like the fact that in this offense he's productive. I like it in this offense he makes a lot of sense. He's a good pass catching tight end. He's got good hands. He gets open and he's consistent. You know, and and a lot of people are are. Last year, at the end of last season, what did T.J. Hawkinson do? He was he led tight ends in targets. He led tight ends or second in yards, I think it was, uh, um, behind only Travis Kelsey uh, for all tight ends. I I really like T.J. Hawkinson a lot. I think he's a special player. Um, I understand that a lot of people are are upset. Oh, you paid him seventeen million a year. Well. It's really not that far off from the other tight end contracts. And I hate, like, I know we get pissy when these contracts get signed. We got to realize that it's only going to get bigger. Really, it's only going to get bigger. I'm happy that they didn't pay him 18. That's what right. I'm that, That's the thing. That That's the thing you were talking about. Yeah. I'm happy that they didn't give him 18. 17 makes sense. 18 is too much. But these contracts, anytime you get a star player at a, at a certain position, it's just like the quarterback position. You know, you what did we see this last this offseason in itself? This offseason, you saw a guy get signed to 51, 52, 53, 55. I mean, they they those contracts are going to be rising, and that's also going to be rising with you with the way the NFL is going to be boosting their salary cap in the next few years. So you're going to see guys like TJ Hawkinson, for example, three years down the line, this deal is going to be looked at. As a good deal. Three years down the line, we're going to be having a completely different conversation because the Travis Kelseys of the world are going to wind up making 23, 24, 25. And we're going to go, oh, man, maybe that Hawkinson deal wasn't so bad. The Vikings looked at this situation with TJ Hawkinson, and they look, and right now they're also in the midst of trying to get Justin Jefferson signed. He could have a deal done as early as Sunday. So as early as tomorrow, the Vikings could have a deal. They're allegedly on the brink of having an extension in place for Justin Jefferson. 
So <clears throat> I look at that. I probably should. Yeah, you well, you definitely should. But my my thing is, I'm I they're securing that young core. T.J. Hawkinson, only twenty six years old. You know, Justin Jefferson, obviously one of the youngest and best players in the league. I think he's the best receive best receiver in the league. I think he's a, the top guy at his position. A lot of people say Devontae. I disagree. Um, but if you look at this situation between Justin Jefferson and T.J. Hawkinson, they're securing a young core group of players, but they're veteran guys that have been in the league for a minute. And then what they're going to do is they're going to go and draft their quarterback of the future. Kirk Cousins will not survive after this year, and I don't blame the Vikings for moving on. But honestly, it's time, and you're, you're making all the cap space that you can make, and it's going to work out just fine. I'm confident in that. I feel good about that. I feel good about what the Vikings are doing. I see what the plan is. Next up is going to be, after you get Jefferson done, guess what? Next up, it's going to be Christian Derisaw. You're going to get him signed to a long-term deal. You're getting that young nucleus of good players, and you're starting to get out with that old from the Zimmer regime, and you're starting to get in with the new. It's all starting to make sense, and I see where they're headed. I see, and this competitive rebuild thing that we all scoffed at and we all laughed at because I, I was like, what the fuck is a competitive rebuild? I look at this and I go, this is brilliant. You, here's the thing. In order to have a competitive rebuild, you need a competent staff, mm -hmm. complete top to bottom, scouting and everything, because what you cannot do is bring in the wrong talent for the system you can't bring in people that would fit a different system and the coach has to be secure in their roles for multiple years yep so a competitive rebuild is hard to pull off especially if you don't have the right quarterback mm -hmm. and unless and kirk cousins god bless him <laughs> if you have you have to have everything right yeah everything's got to be cousins to be to, to in order for it to succeed so and i'm talking about we're not just you know hey we won this game we won that game no we won the game right. that's what i'm talking about right. that's what he needs to be so on i i don't see it with kirk but good luck with it I, I don't keep getting that check i i don't see it with kirk obviously but when we're talking about kirk cousins and and we're talking about uh um you know he's getting ready to go out the door after this season they're They're not gonna be, here's the thing. They're not going to be bad enough to get a top elite level QB prospect in the draft, right? They're not going to be bad enough to do that, and they're not going to be good enough. I think to, I think that the, if, to win it all. To be honest with you, if there's anybody that I'm looking at because everybody's talking about Drake May and everybody's talking about Caleb Williams, are they going to get either of those guys? No, but Bo Nix, I'll take Bo. Stop it. I'll take Bo Nix. Stop it. Next falls to the Vikings. I'll take Bo Nix and Stop it. I'm giving you the only quarterback I'm, I, I would have my eye on running this offensive mm -hmm. system. This offensive system. I, I like Sanders this. too. Thank you. That's the only guy I'm <laughs> Shador Sanders. Yep. That's the only one I'm looking at to run this system. I like either one of those guys, to be honest with you. I like Bo Nix or Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels can do it too. Jaden Daniels is great. Yeah. Bo Nix. You don't like Bo, huh? Brother, I've seen enough. <laughs> I've I've seen enough. It, it's like I'm, I'm sorry, Alex. It's like that that uh, Lamar Jackson game 
we I have seen enough of Lamar Jackson to know that he's going to have that game where he just does the most ridiculous stuff on the in negative way. That I'm like, what are you doing? Why would you even try? To, <laughs> what are you doing? Don't do right. I've seen that, so I, I've seen enough of Bo Nix to know that. Yeah, he's not that guy. Yeah. Now, Alex, if he was, he'd have been in the NFL by now. That's fair. Uh, now, Alex, we we have some stuff going on as far as the the Vikings are getting their stuff done, but their opponents, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they have an issue here. Their center, Ryan Jensen, who they went out of their way to go and get, uh, he's placed on IR with a knee injury. He's not going to play in 2023. He'll be out for this Sunday, obviously. That's a huge, huge blow mm-hmm. for the Bucks there against this uh, Vikings outrageous pass rush that's about to be happening under Brian Flores. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Uh, do, you, do you think the Bucs are going to be able to survive? Uh, do you think Baker Mayfield's going to be able to survive back there? Um, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't I don't think that okay, we we talked about this offline before we went on and uh that uh it's possible that you know we've talked about offline how Baker Mayfield has had the Vikings number on two previous occasions but it must be pointed out this is when Baker Mayfield was playing with the Cleveland Browns and that's when the Cleveland Browns were somewhat on an upturn you know they they were they were rolling through the 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 quarterback carousel for ages, and they finally got their guy in Baker Mayfield. And to his credit, you know they got the Browns to the playoffs. And after an zero sixteen season, they turned it around. But this this is different, all right. Uh, we saw we've seen Baker Mayfield's uh, collapse. We saw him collapse. We saw him eat dirt in Carolina. We saw him face plant in Los Angeles after Matthew Stafford, you know, decided to sit out the rest of the season. Who, to get your bingo cards out, kids, still needs Tommy John surgery. Yeah. <laughs> but but um but now Baker Mayfield's in Tampa Bay. All right. And this is this is a this is a bereft Tampa Bay Buccaneers that obviously doesn't have the goat anymore. Right. Obviously, and you know, kind of like, you know, sidebar, you know. Sidecar here, Bucks wide receiver Mike Evans. His agent set the deadline for his contract talks for today, September 9th, as we sit here talking. They tried to secure a deal with the guy for the with the team for the last two seasons. He's probably gonna walk after this season. So you got Mike Evans that's almost out the door. You got Chris Godwin that's injury prone. We talked about that offline. Now you got the Bucks center, Ryan Jensen, placed on injured reserve. Baker Mayfield's going to have a really tough time against this Vikings defense led by Daniel Hunter and led, you know, um, is, is um, Harrison still at safety? Oh, Harrison Smith. They're still at safety. He, he actually took a cut to be there this year. Harrison. There you go. So you, you have one of the, you have one of the best safeties in the league. You have, you know, one of the, you know, one of the best pass rushers in the league and Daniel Hunter. This is going to be a rough day at the office for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I do not. Uh, this is a com- this is going to be a coming out party, uh, you know, for the Vikings this 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 Sunday. I, I am not going to write off the Bucks. I've seen this this too many times, and and I know I know Jerome. Okay. We, we're both Vikings fans here. We know these trap games show up on the Vikings schedule where we think this uh-huh. will be a definitive victory, and it turns out to be a, a beating. We've seen this. Yeah, and I get it. It, we we watched it. It started in in this stuff. This type of thing has happened in the Cousins era, every year in the Cousins era, whether it be against Buffalo 
or whether it be week one against the Bengals when they went out and beat us by a field goal in overtime, or whether it be against Arizona in the second week. I mean, we, we've seen this so many times that it's like, mm, I don't know if I like that. Yeah. I don't know if I trust that. I don't know if I, I trust this team at this point. And, and uh, you know, I have, I have a lot of questions as far as this Vikings team goes uh, going into this game against Baker Mayfield without having a good defense with two of the best receivers in the league on the field for the Bucs. I have a lot of questions about how they're going to be able to execute this. I think this is, uh, with in regards to Ryan Jensen, bad. Ooh, Ooh, yeah. Bad, bad stuff. Uh, hope you get better, brother. Um, it's going to put a lot of pressure on the offensive line, mm-hmm. which is, and yeah, it, it's, you know, a little, a not, little tough not, right now. Not what they were during the Brady yeah. area. No, not at all. But here's, as long as they got Tristan Wirth, they'll be okay, mm-hmm. right? Mayfield, uh, he can't. Do some look. Put it this way: keep the guys close to the line of scrimmage. It he'll have to be. He'll have to do his best Tom Brady impersonation. Snap it, <laughs> throw. Snap it, throw. You know, because nobody touched Brady, right? Because you know he got the ball out so quick. So Baker's got to get that ball out quick. No, none of those rollouts where you you know where everybody knows which way you're gonna roll, Baker. Because that seems to be like the the. Uh, modus operandi of, of many, many quarterbacks in the league these days. Snap the ball, roll out, and then throw the ball. Nobody seems to step up in the pocket anymore. Exactly. So, and well, Baker being a short, a shorter pocket passer, right? He's got to be able to step up into the pocket, or excuse me, get uh, get away from the pocket. But he is going to be tough because that interior is going to uh, close in on him uh, too fast. The only the saving grace is. The Vikings switching from a four three to three four. Yep. They don't quite have the personnel to pull that off yep. just yet. There's going to be an adjustment period from preseason workouts to trying to figure who's you know who's better at what. So they were trying to do this. The Vikings defense, you know, this overhaul of the scheme and the system, trying to impl- implement the proper players at the right time. All at the at at the same time, it's going to work against them. Yeah. So i i like uh, I like the Bucks' chances in this one. Yeah. You know, and and on the Mike Evans deal, hey, if you're not going to pay the man, go ahead and let him go. You know, get the money where he's going to. But if I were Tampa Bay, I would try to capitalize and get what I could in the in the uh, draft market. Mm. Well, excuse me, not the draft market, in the trade market. Excuse me. So trade him. Don't just let him walk. Don't let him walk out the door. Not for nothing. Not no. For, yeah, not for nothing. That's a thousand, nine years straight of thousand plus yards. And you're right. going to let him go. Just, just walk. Get a second rounder at least. Yeah, I, I you think you get, get something for that. You, get a, you get a first rounder for that kind of stuff. To me, you can get a two and a four for him. At his age, 30 years old. Depending on the team, right? Depending on because we have seen a lot of bad trades. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Some bad stuff, you know. So depending on the team that you trade with, you possibly could get a, a second. I think you I, probably end up with a third. Yeah. Just I mean, you know, based on his, based on Evans's age, and you know, and, and the history. Yeah, the history in the league. You know, usually a third rounder is about right for yeah. trades of that level. Yeah. Speaking for, of bad trades, <laughs> I definitely want to bring this up. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers 
trade quarterback Trey Lance to the Dallas Cowboys for a fourth round pick. Yeah, uh, this one was a bad, a bad uh, trade all around. I don't like Trey Lance. I didn't buy Trey Lance when he came out in the draft. Uh, we sat right on this show, Tyler, talking about how Trey Lance was going to be the next big thing in the NFL and that how he was going to be the man. I wasn't sold on Trey Lance from the rip. Trey Lance uh, looked bad for the Niners when he was there. A lot of people were, were bitching about how, oh, well, the Niners gave Alex Smith three years of patience and, you know, poor Trey Lance only got 10 weeks of, of patience from the Niners and then they got rid of him. Let me make something clear here. Trey Lance is no Alex Smith. Nope. Trey Lance is, to me, I think he was a bum. He went out there. I thought he was a bum when he got drafted. I thought he was overhyped. I th- yeah, I do. I know you're making that noise, but I thought he was overhyped. He was uh, uh, one of those guys where I looked at him and went, eh. He went 9 for 20 against the Chicago Bears. Let's not forget that. 9 for 20. I mean, like, you, you, I looked at that guy and I said, this guy shouldn't be <laughs> Here's the thing about Trey Lance. Okay, everybody's gonna pile on Trey Lance. Well, let me let me get some of these people off of you, Trey. <laughs> I'm gonna pull some of them off this pile. Trey Lance didn't have much of a chance when he came into the league. He had only played what a year of, of college ball, and it was Division Two ball, uh, and North Dakota State. And that's and why that's I wasn't why, sold. That's why I wasn't sold on the but, man. I mean, here's the thing. When they brought him in, they kind of knew that he was going to need some work. And when he was injured, right? So he's going from a and, – and this is uh, coming from Greg Cosell. He, Trey Lance is more of a playmaker-type quarterback and not so much of the controlled in the system. Mm-hmm. You know, he Trey Lance is more of an improvising, you know – you know, run around a little bit and make something happen type of a player and not so much of a structured, rigid system like they run in San Francisco. Yeah. So he was already going to have to make that adjustment and adjust to playing against, you know, impact high level NFL defenders. And and then he got injured. Mm-hmm. Right. A horrific injury. But he came mm-hmm. back. So. And then at the same time, you've got the ascension of Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy, <laughs> right? The Purdy, it hurt Trey Lance's development. The injuries hurt Trey Lance's development. Going to, you know, having to completely overhaul how he played, it all worked against him. I'm not saying the 49ers made a good trade in order to get him. I'm just saying he was stuck in a situation that just – started to feed, feast on itself. See, and that's where I kind of disagree. I, I look at the 49ers. He's got talent. I, he, he's got I don't talent. see the talent. He just, he, he needed to go somewhere where he could sit and learn and learn not only the NFL game, but learn the offense and, and learn to be a professional NFL quarterback. He didn't need to go to a place to where he would be the man, the guy right here, right now. And the 49ers just weren't a good fit. The, the 49ers, to me, I, I think they have one of the most quarterback-friendly systems out there. And the reason I say that is because is. you have a quarterback that's able to hide behind a great defense and a great run game. Yeah. And it consistently happens. It's very Joe Flacco. 
You know what I'm saying? It's very Baltimore Ravens. They they have a tendency to protect quarterbacks over there in that fashion where they don't have to do a ton. They just have to game manage. They work. Mm-hmm. They work uh, short, medium, deep. Right? right. That's how the 49ers offense passing game works. Short, medium, deep. Well, Trey Lance's mind as the quarterback works deep, middle, short. Right. So it was going to have to change his entire – but. He's got talent, but this just wasn't the proper system for him. And at the time, the timing was all wrong. Yeah, and I, I don't think that this is going to wind up being a good situation for him in Dallas. One nope. and, and something that happened in Dallas, uh, the Cowboys go out and they sign right tackle Terrence Steele to a five-year, $86.8 million deal. That's 17.36 per year. Uh so last year, Terrence Steele had a 73.9 PFF grade, but before that, uh, his grades were not very good in the 50s and the low 60s. Uh, he was not very good for the Dallas Cowboys for, for the two years prior. Last year, he kind of figures it out in a way. And now Terrence Steele is going to wind up, uh, uh, you know, walking out with $17 million per year. I hate this signing. Mm. I hate it. Mm. I think he's getting paid way too much. Um, it, that's that's high-end offensive tackle money. He's not a high-end offensive tackle. and. Well, Go ahead. Yeah, I just you know like when we're talking about offensive tackles getting paid high end money, you're talking seventeen to twenty two million right now. Yeah, and Zach Martin. Yeah, you're well. Zach Martin's an interior, but you know you on the on the outside as an offensive tackle, seventeen point three million for him mm-hmm. for a seventeen PFF for, for Uncle Terry. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like, wait a minute, Terrence Steele getting paid that kind of money is silly. I don't well, get it. Here's I don't. He's going into a better situation for him because the, the the Cowboys offensive line still one of the tops in the league. Mm-hmm. Right. So he's going into a situation where maybe he doesn't have to be a dependent on all the time because they do use the utilize the tight end as a blocker in that scheme as well. Yeah, but I mean he and he he played well last year for the Cowboys and that's fine, but but a 17.3 million dollar extension per year extension like I I don't I can't. Hey, I we can't. Just, we just talked about TJ Hawkinson becoming the highest paid NFL. Hawkinson deserves every bit of it. Every <laughs> bit of it. Darren Waller, Darren Waller can't even stay on the field and the guy got 16 and a half. That's true. I mean like it's tough for me to say what you know what players are worth because as the old saying goes, you're worth what somebody's willing to pay. Exactly, exactly. And and I I just I look at uh, in, and back to Hawkinson and Jefferson. I just see a young nucleus being put together for a team for the future. And Madison, I and it, I don't, I don't buy Alexander Madison. Whoa, <laughs> all right. All right. I all don't, right. and we'll we'll be talking about him shortly. Um, but you know, I don't buy this this Terrence Steele move. I. Uh, mm-hmm. And and I I'm not happy about it. Speaking of and and since we brought him up, speaking of Darren Waller, he's listed as questionable versus the Cowboys this week uh, due to a oh, hand injury. Shocker! Water's wet. The sky's blue. <laughs> Grass is green. Grass is green. Love you, Darren. I'm Get 242 you. pounds. <laughs> uh, well, and and Alex, we've seen Darren Waller hurt consistently throughout the last several years. Um, you know. What else is new, right? Right, exactly. I mean, he, he he got hurt all the time in Vegas. He comes over to I I actually looked at him on the Giants roster and I thought, huh, maybe he might be an impact player. 
but then that, but because we were going to do that impact player uh, segment, yeah. but uh, but then it's like, well, okay, well, if he's if he's questionable, all right. If he's already blown out his hammy, then <laughs> well, there you go. That's going to be the question of the day. I, I, he had a couple of good seasons, got hurt, and he hasn't been the same since. I, I just, I don't know. Will, Boots, will we ever have a healthy Darren Waller again? I don't, man, it's, it's tough to say. I don't think, I think once, once the injuries start piling up, yeah, you know, it, it's tough to really come back from. You're probably going to, he's probably going to be, probably play a 10 eight to 10 games. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's about where you're looking. Yeah. So it's like, okay, if you already know the guy, here's the thing. If you as an organization have a proper medical staff and they can give you these evaluations and say, Hey, here's what's going on with this guy physically. Here's, here's what the hamstring look. Here's what this looks like. Here's what that looks like. And then you make your decision accordingly of how you're going to pay them. You know, knowing somebody, you got to bake it into the into the cost. Yeah, right. Yeah, because that's it. He's you know, if he's missed some time already, and your medical staff is doing what they're supposed to do, be doing, and you know, giving you the proper information and the updates, you got to bake it into the cost. Yep. of offering that contract. So yep. you know, Darren Waller, I, you know, love you, brother. Get better. But yeah, uh, his former team making some moves here. And this one was a big one. Josh Jacobs, one year extension, $12 million. They get him on the field. Uh, he was a holdout, hold in really. And uh, he was going to be playing on the tag. They, they just give him a big money extension instead. I I'm okay with that. $12 million, but Josh, Better Jacobs, nothing. You still should have picked up its fifth year option. You boneheads. He's in a, in a, uh, uh, and I agree with that too, but he's in a contract year. Uh, you know, now it's a, it's a one year prove it deal. The running back market still suffering uh, from this. This uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the, these teams just not paying the position. Disrespect. Now. Yeah, that's what it is. It's pure disrespect. Mm-hmm. Let me get this right. I'm some, I'm supposed to carry the ball, block, catch passes, and do everything that you want me to do. But if I get hurt doing yeah. what you've asked me to do, you're not going to pay me. Yep. Get out of here. Yeah, I, that's that's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, they, they do get uh, Jacobs signed to that one-year deal. They get him back on the field. Good job uh, for Josh Jacobs, though. He wasn't good. Look, he already said it, apparently, that I've got enough money, haven't spent my, you know, I'm, <laughs> haven't spent my money so I can afford to not work, yeah. so to speak, yep. right? But here's the thing about the Raiders, that they couldn't afford to not have him on the field. Yeah, you got to have right. him. Right. He was the league's leading rusher last year. If they were as confident in Zamir White, right, or whoever else, in Amir Abdullah, and you know, the man Brandon Bolden, yep. you know, all these other, if they were as confident in them, then we wouldn't be talking about Josh Jacobs getting an extension. And frankly, I was actually sold on Zamir White. I like Zamir White. I like Zamir White. So I, I, I don't know. I, I, if I was the Raiders, I would have been rolling Zamir White. But that's <laughs> <it's> just. <laughs> Uh, the Raiders also had some stuff going on as far as retirements go. Former Raiders and Bucks uh, defensive end Carl Nassib, the first NFL player to come out as gay, retires as, at 30 years old. Uh, Carl Nassib was always kind of a niche player, you know, in in both uh, teams. There, he he had his niche. He would he would go out there. They would put him on the 
on the edge and say blitz the quarterback. And they would put him in, out there in these different little packages. And and if you look at the snap counts, they always seemed a little erratic. And and he had a couple of years with the Raiders where his, his snap counts were high and he was out there pretty consistently. But for the most part, he was just kind of a, a – uh, a tool player, you know, they would put him out there and say, well, why would you call him that? <laughs> no, but you know what I mean though? Like he was yeah. a guy that you'd put out there and you, you would say, all right, you know, go blitz the quarterback. I, we got you in a blitz package today. Go hit, go hit so-and-so. Uh, I like Carl Nassib a lot. I think he's a, a really rock solid player. And, um, you know, I, I wish him all the best in retirement. I'm surprised he retired as early as he did though. 30 years old, 30. Maybe he just, you know, maybe he, had earned enough money and yeah. and was willing to just go ahead and walk away before, you know, he had to limp away, right? That's fair. Um, Carl Nassib from? That's a good question. Penn State. Was he from Penn State? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, right after he got out the state pen. No, <laughs> I don't know if he's ever. No, Carl Nassib from Penn State, man. I, I liked, I loved his game. When he uh, coming out because of uh, – pardon the pun. I loved his game when he was at Penn State because he was – he put a lot of pressure on the quarterback. He was strong. He uh, he had good uh, uh, good fundamentals. Yeah. Right? Uh, drafted to the Browns. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Had, some, had a few good years there. It's not like he popped up on, you know, on highlight reels or, no. or, or whatever. And, he, you know, but he was a productive player. He was a guy that you could roll out there and, and run a starting defense with and be OK. Sure. Right. So he was, a, you know, he was a good player. I, I like your description, sort of a rotational guy. Yeah. Better, better off that's, as a rotational that's, guy. That's the term I was looking for there. Is right. I was like, I can't figure it out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rotate. Yeah, instead you just called a guy a tool. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's no. Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on. Come on, you made your point. <laughs> Get a good tape, man. Yeah, enjoy yourself. Enjoy your retirement. It, hey, man, I, I want to be, I, I would have loved to be retired at 30. Right? Shit, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was a rock solid player. Great dude, too. You know, you, you'd, uh, see the interviews with him and stuff like that. He's just a cool guy all around. Yeah. He's a good dude. So, um, I like ramen noodles. Don't disrespect ramen noodles. I like, I like how boots is just like fun fact. Yeah. This show <laughs> scouting report. He likes ramen noodles. <laughs> like, oh it's my like God. VH one up in here. Uh, uh, yeah. His pop-up video shit. Pop-up video. Unbelievable. Um, elsewhere around the division, you got the Broncos, man. They've got some stuff going on. Uh, wide receiver Jerry Judy listed as questionable versus the Raiders uh, this upcoming week uh, due to a hamstring injury suffered in the preseason. Uh, you know, Jerry, more, more hammy issues. Yeah, a lot of hamstring injuries this week. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, Jerry Judy. I was never sold on. Like I was sold on Jerry Judy coming out of college, but Jerry Judy has not really He's trans- yeah. transitioned to. A, a top tier NFL player, not like how he was in college and what we thought, what kind of what we all thought he was going to be. Right, right, right. Yeah. In the right system, you know, there's got to be team and scheme. There's, there's got to be, there's got to be a problem there. You know, we saw him in college, and I really thought Jerry Judy was going to be, you know, the the bee's knees coming out of college there, the and, bees and the bee's knees. And it turns out in that in that draft, he, I mean. Shit, he hasn't even been the 
the best receiver out of that draft. Not even close. No. Not even close. I mean, it. it C.D. Lamb has, has been better. Yeah. You know, Not Justin Jefferson's the best, been, best receiver on this team. Right. And that's it. It's concerning to and say it the ain't least. Cortland Sutton either. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cortland Sutton isn't isn't either. But you know, like I I just I they don't really have a true number one over there. They, right. Reality wise, but you know, it's. It, Sean Payton's going to have his work cut out for him. He's missing a receiver, a, a key guy in that in that offense uh, that he planned on on showcasing a little bit. He said, and uh, yeah, he's going to have a, a tough go with that. Jerry Judy being out, Alex. I mean, yep. I mean, it's it's not a you know the Broncos need all the help they can get. I mean, you know, Russ Russ has already got a checkered track record. You know, with you know, oh, let's rip, let's oh, let Russ cook. You know, and he's giving us spam and spaghettios. Uh, but, I'll t- but I'll, you know, what? And it, it, it is going to be a question of can Sean Payton get the old Russell Wilson out? You know, can he salvage this horrible contract? Uh, and having Jerry Judy, you know, uh, out or you know, is or listed as questionable. If he can get healthy, great. But. If not, you know, it's just going to be tough sledding. You know, uh, it's kind of, it, it's a it's a division rival to start off the season as well. I mean, it's 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 bad news bears all around. Uh, you want to talk about bad news and hammies? Uh, wide receiver Cooper Cup for uh, the Los Angeles Rams is out versus the Seattle Seahawks. He also has a hamstring injury. Yeah, he's- and. With, with hammy issues, and and he's actually got placed on IR. He's going to miss the for the first four games. Uh, is it is it, it going to be uh, last I checked? Uh, Coach Sean McVay had already ruled him out, but there's a definite possibility as of Friday that the star wide receiver could end up on injured reserve. I mean, yeah. you need this if you're the Los Angeles Rams. You need this like a hole in the head. I mean, you're looking <laughs> at at least four weeks of of no Cooper Cup. And you have no one else on your team. If I'm the Seattle Seahawks this week, and if I'm a fantasy, uh, I'm a fantasy football player. I'm starting Tyler Lockett. I'm starting yep. Metcalf. I'm yep. starting Seattle defense. <laughs> like I'm just going to be going off. Get get get, get Kenneth Walker the third on there. Yeah, yeah. Just start just start starting your Seattle players because this one is going to be a beating of epic proportions. I, I'm, and then, and then the Rams. Bless their heart. To, to, Bless their heart. Well, first of all, well, the Seahawks, the, Jamal Adams has been ruled out versus the Rams in week one. He hit, he's recovering from that torn quad from last year. So, you know, a little iffy on the Seattle defensive front, but it's still Pete Carroll. Yeah. You, mm-hmm. know, you know what I'm saying? But the Rams, bless their heart. And, and this, that's what I'm, I'm stealing that, 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 uh, that boots term here. That bless their hearts. <laughs> they went out and signed former Cowboys kicker Brett Maher. Oh boy! Let, and let, <laughs> I, if you remember Brett Maher last season, yep, at oh, the, especially at the end of last season, oh, he had a case of the shanks. <laughs> oh, huge case of the shanks. He must. I've never seen a kicker miss so many extra points. It was we were laughing about it, like like our. You know, rolling on the floor laughing. Oh yeah, it was. We were it was, waffling the whole the whole night, was, and so I, I just I look at the the Rams and the, it's like usually when you was, sign, was it the playoff game against the 49ers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. playoff. Oh game. my god! Usually when you sign a player, 
you're hoping that they're going to make your team better. <laughs> this is wow. legitimately a situation where they went out and signed a player and their team got worse. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, I, I, <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. understand. The downward slide continues. Ugh, you thought it, you thought it, you, like if the wheels hadn't fallen off the wagon by now, they're definitely off and it's on fire. Right. Right. I guess I, I, I don't understand. I don't understand. It's, it's, do you understand, Scott? Uh, <laughs> it makes no sense. It's so bad. Like, I don't, I don't get it. Why? Everybody, everybody, yeah. as much as people can't stand them, yeah, collectively, I guess, or you're not football players. Everybody needs a kicker. Yeah, yeah, but not that one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what, put it like this. If that was the best one they could get, then that says something about the kicker market. I guess. I guess. Yeah. My God. And there was a, speaking of the kicker. I mean, Mar, he had a case of the Gips in, in in Dallas, you know, a little bit, but he, I thought he cleaned it up a little bit, mm. and then, and then you know maybe they came back. Yeah, you know. So, well, hey, hopefully speak, it's guaranteed. Speaking of the kicker market, I have never seen this many kicker trades ever. Right? Yeah. Right? yeah. Dumb, right? <laughs> I mean, we've never had this many kicks traded. Yeah, you traded, traded a kick, huh? Traded. So, so first of all, the Patriots go out and they trade kicker Nick Folk to the Titans. Okay, and the Patriots made a few moves this this past week. They went out, they traded, they they signed quarterback Matt Corral off of waivers to back up Mac Jones, which was interesting. Matt Corral, very interesting. The, Matt Corral is not good. No, he's not good. I was just surprised to see him out there on free agency because of the fact that they, he was such a young player. I thought they were going to try and develop him. He was drafted what two years ago. Yeah, well, I mean, see, here's the thing: Carolina had him as a as a backup to uh, to to Bryce Young. Yeah, but you need a veteran like a a true you know good veteran, not Matt Corral. Matt Corral, you know, I'm sure he's a nice person. Uses his left and right turn. <laughs> 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 He says please and thank you. <laughs> person in society, I'm sure I don't know him, but just on from a football aspect, watching and knowing, I, I don't, I didn't see Matt Corral as a capable backup to Bryce Young, and I saw nothing in the preseason that would take me off of that right. square. I agree. Uh, the Patriots also had some good news happen uh, before we get into this kicker ordeal. Uh, Jack Jones, he is all set to serve 48 hours of community service and probation as uh, eight of his nine charges were dropped after he attempted to take the two loaded firearms into a plane uh, in his carry-on at the Logan Airport in Boston. We reported on this uh, um, a little while back, maybe a couple months ago, and uh, eight of the nine charges dropped. He gets probation. He doesn't go to jail. You know, oh. So that's always a plus. So they'll, they'll still get their, their great cornerback, you know, I mean, out of Jack Jones. Well, he might still go to NFL jail. Yeah, yeah, we might <laughs> bench and fly. We'll see what the league does in that situation. But the Patriots, they traded their kicker. Uh, one of my favorite kickers in the league, Nick Folk. He's, the guy is Mr. Consistent. Yeah. Uh, they trade him off to the Titans. Uh, you know, I okay, like the Titans needed a kicker. I get it, but yeah. I'm just surprised the Patriots traded Nick Folk 
who has been a staple, you know, mm-hmm. basically anywhere he's gone. He was yeah. great with the Jets early on in his career. He was solid with the Bucks in the middle of his career. Yeah. He goes over to the, the, the Patriots, and he was solid for the Patriots yeah. over there. Yeah. Everywhere Nick Folk has gone, he's been good. I like Nick Folk. I, I actually, I like for, for years, I would, I would and, and I know the, you know this is fantasy, but in fantasy football, I would pick up Nick Folk, especially when he played with the Jets, because I could guarantee you that Nick Folk was going to get me 10, 11, 12 points a game. Yeah. He, he is Mr. Consistent as far as that goes. He's one of those quietly consistent kickers yeah. that people need to, to be singing the praises of a little more because he's actually a really good kicker. And then the Browns. The Browns go out and they release their kicker, Cade York. So and and they move on from him and trade the Chargers for Dustin Hopkins. Now the Chargers had two kickers on their roster. They had Dustin Hopkins and they had the one that they picked up in replacement of Dustin Hopkins because Hopkins was hurt last year. So they had Dicker the Kicker. We know all about Dicker the Kicker. <laughs> yeah, Cameron Dicker. So I mean uh, the Chargers they trade Dustin Hopkins to the Browns, the aging veteran uh, and and Hopkins is a much older player. Uh, and they're going to go ahead and start kick Dicker the kicker this season, which I'm pretty actually happy about. I thought uh, Cameron Dicker was very good for them uh, he, last year. Yeah, he wasn't bad. And if if I'm uh, uh, Cade York, I, you know, sorry to hear that. Yeah. But uh, and who who did I'm sorry who did the uh, Chargers send over? Uh, Dustin, Dustin Hopkins. Hopkins. Sorry, Hopkins. I'm sorry, brother. Uh, if I'm Hopkins, I'm mad. Yeah. No. Nah, now yeah. I got a kick in the cold. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't eight games a year in California. Right. You know, After shit. November, I got a kick in the cold. Damn. No, no. To <laughs> Dustin Hopkins credit. Dustin Hopkins, if I'm not mistaken, he played for Tennessee for a little while there. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So I mean, he he kind of gets the cold thing a little bit, right? Kind of. Kind of. Kind of. He's gonna he's gonna yeah. miss the he's gonna miss that West Coast atmosphere. Oh yes, yeah. Oh yeah. You know, but he's not a bad kicker. Does Hopkins? He's a pretty good kicker. So yeah, you know, I I don't know much about Cade York. I don't. It doesn't seem like Cade York was a you know clutch guy no. all the time. Right? He was so, he was a good he was he was okay last year. This year in the preseason, he got a case of the yips, started kicking everything all over the place, and, yeah, and couldn't need, figure yeah. it out. So I mean, and then also the Browns made a move just while we're on them. They traded journeyman quarterback Josh Dobbs and a 2024 seventh-round pick to the Cardinals for a 24-24 fifth-round pick. The Cardinals are trying to put together their their uh, quarterback room there, and uh, <laughs> you know, trying to right now. Kyler Murray is out, so and that's yep. another thing. Uh, Kyler Murray is set to begin the season on the pup list. He'll lose. Uh, he'll he'll. And that's due to last year's ACL injury. He'll lose the first four games here. So so <laughs> you're going to see Colt McCoy starting for the Cardinals, which yeah, another dumpster fire of a team. Yeah, yeah, that's a disaster. Uh, and and they, I don't, I, I think Colt McCoy got released. Did he now? Yeah. Oh, did he now? Because well, we better look that up. Yeah, but if that if that's the case, then it's like, well, congratulations, Josh Dobbs. You just come on down. You are the new starting quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals. Josh Dobbs is the starting quarterback. Uh, oh boy! Colt McCoy has been released by the the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. I mean, they've got the rookie uh, Clayton Toon uh, mm-hmm. out of Houston, but uh, I don't see nah. it. Josh Dobbs <laughs> in Arizona. <laughs> oh yeah. gosh! Because who's hey, Arizona got this week? 
Washington. Yeah, just uh, Washington Commanders. Oh, Commanders all day. Yeah. Start bad Washington players this week, and then the the Cardinals. What were on them also selling the farm. Uh, this one really blew my mind. They trade their edge rusher, the outside linebacker, Isaiah Simmons, to the Giants for a 2024 seventh round pick. A flat tire? You spent a first rounder on this guy. And oh, my God. Now, three years later, you're giving him away for a seventh rounder? A that pack of Fruit Stripes gum? That shows. The uh, Arizona Cardinals franchise has begun a massive tank job. Yeah. Yeah. And this signals Ugh. to me the Giants should be uh, a, a little bit more of a force in that NFC East. Because yeah. They get getting Isaiah Simmons. What this does to for uh, Wink Martindale's defense, it allows him to blitz even more. Than he already does. Yeah, it allows yeah. him to to create more havoc in how he deploys Simmons. It's going to be real interesting to me how uh, Wink Martindale is going to deploy Isaiah Simmons because Simmons is a really good talent. He's a little, you know, hybrid type side safety linebacker. Fast as yeah. hell. Yeah, I and mean, aggressive. Yeah, yeah. This is <laughs> this is bad. First to a seventh rounder. Holy crap. I thought the Trey Lance tra- trade was bad. I thought Jerry Jones got away with murder. No, this is highway robbery of the very highest order. Well, yeah. And let's also point out the fact that that when we're talking about uh, Isaiah Simmons going to the Giants, you know, and, and you, you mentioned Wink Martindale. Wink Martindale, for those of uh, you out there that don't realize who the hell he is, former defensive coordinator of the Baltimore Ravens, Wink yeah. Martindale loves linebackers he loves having good linebackers and he loves guys like you know Terrell Suggs right Mm -hmm. he loves guys like that outside linebackers that can hit people and and that's all Isaiah Simmons is yeah really yeah I mean he loves those kind of guys I'm I'm surprised watch out that I'm surprised that Jonathan Gannon a defensive coordinator from Philly would give away yeah, comes over to Arizona and he's the head coach. Apparently, maybe they didn't uh, inform him of what they were of, of what they were doing. <laughs> yeah, they went into the locker room. Hey, Isaiah uh, Simmons, where, where's Simmons? Oh, you didn't hear? And we him? traded him for a pack of gum. Yeah, yeah, you haven't heard yet. That, that I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if, the, if, if Arizona, if the front office even told Gannon yep. that they got rid of Simmons. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But back to the kickers, the Saints also making a move. The the Saints trade kicker Will Lutz to the Broncos. Will Lutz, Hmm. great kicker. Really good kicker. Yeah, Yeah, they already have Brandon McManus over there. They released him. They go out and they release Brandon McManus, the Broncos do. So they release McManus for no fucking reason. (laughs) Yeah. He's a good kicker. And then they go out and pick up Will Lutz. All this was was Sean Payton Sean getting his guy. Sean wanted him. Yeah. That's all it was. Yeah, Man, makes sense. A kicker, and they should have just kept him. And I, I don't understand the logic. I That's that's that Sean Payton shit. Maybe he accidentally yeah. got coffee. Yeah, I guess maybe. Who knows? But Sean Payton wanted his guy. He and did. he goes and gets his guy. If you ever needed a reason to hate the man even more. Right, right. 
Uh, and the Saints also made another move. They they released corner Bradley Roby ahead of the roster deadline. I'm Ooh. actually a little surprised by this. Bradley Roby, he's a higher end corner, and uh, he's like a yeah. he's a he's a good CB two there. He's a good tool corner. Yeah. So right. I don't I don't understand that move. It doesn't make sense to me. Unless there was some sort of uh, injury situation that we're unaware of, or. You know, something off the field that we're unaware of. Yep. But on the field, it seems like this would be a pretty good fit for the Saints. For the Saints, yeah. yeah. And and the, he's a former Bronco. The Broncos have a lot of weird players right now, former players, that are sitting on free agency. <laughs> a lot of weird players right but, now. <laughs> no, no, but that, that are sitting on free agency. Yeah. Like, how yeah. in the hell is Dalton Risner still on free agency right now? How is that a thing? How the hell is Bradley Roby a free agent? Like, like, yeah. what are we doing here? These are high end players. These guys, this uh, one of them went won a Super Bowl. They're gonna be, you know, like, yeah, they're gonna end up on someone's roster probably by week four. Yeah, I, I could, you know, if I'm the Vikings, I'm staring down Bradley Roby right now. I'm staring at really, I'm staring at oh, both yeah. Bradley Roby and Dalton Risner. I'm staring at both those guys. Yeah, veteran uh, corner to come in and sort of. You know, be you know a veteran presence. Yep, and then a veteran the guard, a yeah. high end veteran guard that that really put up great numbers last year as a guard. Yeah. I, I mean, I just I don't understand. It it doesn't make sense, and, and that those guys are floating around on free agency, and you just get blown away sometimes. Yeah. You know, the, the Chiefs, for example. We and, and going back to the Chiefs for a brief second, I glance down after the Kadarius Tony drops at the wide receivers that are still on the on the board right yeah. now. Sammy Watkins, who knows the Kansas City system, still on the board. Julio Jones, still on the board. Jarvis Landry, still on the board. Kenny Galladay, still on the board. And I understand Kenny Galladay had a bad go in New York, but still on the board. The fact that he's still on the board, you could probably get him for a dime at this point. Kind of interesting. You know, guys like that, I, 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 Philip Dorsett, still on the board. How, how is that happening? Of those guys, I would say Dors- Dorsett's the one that Dorsett intrigues me most. Dorsett would be the, bet, the best bet, but Landry would, Landry would solidify, hey, you know, he's, a, he's a glue guy at this point. Right. Landry's a, a glue guy, somebody that gets open, knows how to, and, and catches the football. Uh, you know, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Who'd have thunk? Who'd have thunk a receiver have to catch a ball? But yeah, of, of those two, of those of that group, you know, because I, I think Galladay's washed. You think, you think Julio's washed? I think Julio's washed. Yeah, yeah, love them, but I, but they're washed. It's, yeah. it's over. Yeah, I mean, and and Julio, he he showed some flashes when he was with Tampa as a number three, but <clears throat> you, I, I, Julio, if he, okay, go to Kansas City. Sammy Watkins, go to go to Kansas City. Go oh, yeah. back, go it's back. Sammy to, Watkins, he's washed. Go back to Kansas City though. I mean, like where he knows everything, where he knows that system, where he knows what they were doing. I mean, and and yeah, I, we don't. You don't need Sammy to be a a thousand yard receiver. You just but, need you need Sammy to catch about seven fifty to eight hundred. No, you no, you just need Sammy. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> At this point, fair. yeah, you do. <laughs> you need it there. Yep. Yeah, you, you no. need all the help you can get till Travis Kelsey gets healthy. And but how how many games are you going to get? realistically out of Sammy Watkins at this point. Right. How many right. games are you going to get? One. You got, you got injury questions. Two. Yeah. Yep. It's like the uh, the scene in Pulp Fiction. 
when Ving Rhames asked uh, John Travolta's character, how many fights you think you got left? Not John Travolta, Bruce Willis. How many fights you think you got left, Dickie yeah. Butch? Two. Yeah, <laughs> two. You know what I'm saying? How many, <laughs> how many games are you going to get from Sammy Watkins and Julio Jones? What, two? Yeah, maybe. They could be key games. Yep, and could be. I mean, Juju caught a uh, caught a touchdown pass in the in a doggone playoffs, right? Yeah, in the Super Bowl, and the, yeah. right. <laughs> so it could be one of those situations. Yeah. Hey, you know who had that on the bingo card? Right. Nobody, nobody. <laughs> so I mean, that's that's a thing. So uh, um, we we've got that sh- that shit going on right now. Uh, speaking of of uh, Watkins, the Bills go out linebacker yeah. Von Miller is set to begin the season on the pup list. He's going to miss the first four games. You know, Von Miller tore his ACL last year, if I'm not mistaken, um, yeah. and and he goes out and and he he was on IR. This right now, to me, is age catching up to the man. That that mm-hmm. that recovery time is a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. I understand an ACL tear takes a long time, mm-hmm. but man, now like now we're we're the season has started. We're talking. You're missing the first four games now because you're on the pup list. I'm waiting for that moment when we see him back. He's got about a month left, and and it's like, okay, now what? You know, are we going to see Von Miller this year? Alex, do you think we're going to see Von Miller playing for the Buffalo Bills at any point this year? Or is is he basically done? I think he's got a, he's got a season left in him. You know, I think it's. Uh, I'm definitely not pressing the panic button as a Buffalo Bills fan, but you know, if we can get him on the field. You know, it's definitely going to boost the defense. It can't, it can't hurt. Uh, you know, you, you, it does sound like, especially if it's taking longer for an injury like that to heal and, you know, he's not coming back at the right time, then it's like, okay, maybe you, it, it, the argument could be made that Von Miller might be hanging it up soon, but yeah. I'm going to go ahead and go on a limb and say that we will see him in week five. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, I, I think we 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 should be seeing him in week five, but I, I have concerns now about the health of that ACL. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of questions there uh, as far as that goes. Uh, Bob Miller, excellent, excellent at pressuring the quarterback. Yes. Um, not very many have, have been as, as, as good as he has been for uh, a number of years. Super Bowls to his credit. So he's a huge... He when 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 he went down, you saw a complete different. You saw a complete difference between the Buffalo Bills defense. Yes, you know from when he was on the field. So you could you can you can tell when and when it's that and when it, if an injury if it's that stark of a of a contrast, that means that's an impact player. Yeah, and I think Aaron Rodgers better. He's going to be looking thank, over the middle of that field. He's going to be – thank God that Vaughn Miller is not playing yeah. that particular game. Right. Because if he were dealing with that Jets offensive line, whoo. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers would be getting slapped around yeah. a little bit. So Aaron Rodgers is very happy. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And uh, teams that aren't going to be happy, though, and, and this one was exciting. The 49ers signed defensive end Nick Bosa to a five-year, $170 million deal, $34 million per year. It makes him the highest-paid defensive player in NFL history. Oh, wow. Worth, worth every penny. You, Nick Bosa, $34 million. Um, I, I mean, for a defensive end, $34 million. That's uh That's, 
wild for a defensive end. Um, well, those are the three positions, right? Mm-hmm. When you talk about the three positions that you quote unquote have to pay and, and have to have in order to have a you know successful the core, team, yeah, yeah, the core of your team, the quarterback, the uh, left tackle or whoever is going to protect your quarterback's yep. blind side, and the defensive end to go after the quarterback of the opposing team. Yep. And then Those after that, the after then, that, it's receiver. Yeah. You know, yep. You you know you work out you know from there, but yeah, I I don't see why you know. Why he wouldn't get paid, you know, a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's a really good player. I just hope that uh, he stays healthy enough to enjoy that. Yeah, I, whoever the Bosa brothers agent is, by the way, that and, guy, uh, he can be my agent anytime. Because those boys <laughs> paid thanks to that man. Yeah. Both those guys have. It's been wild how much they've been getting paid. Yeah. And, and again, they're worth every penny. You know, yep. both of those guys are quality players. When they're on the field, though. Yeah, yeah. When they're on the field, Nick's usually on the field. Nick usually, usually is. Usually, usually. Uh, you have you have usually less of a problem with Nick than Joey. Yeah. But but I digress. You know that that is a thing. True, true, true. Also, another contract getting signed. Let's talk about it. It's the big one. Bengals mm-hmm. signed Joe Burrow to a five-year, two hundred and seventy-five million dollar extension, making him the highest-paid quarterback in league history. Fifty-five. Hold my beer. Here's another one. Yep. And, uh, you know, Joe Burrow, uh, I expected this. I It's funny. I actually called this exact number <laughs> when it happened. I said a few weeks back, Joe Burrow's going to get 55. You know he's getting 55. And and uh, sure enough, sure as shit, here we are. Yeah, 55. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yep. Um, the Bengals locked down their guy. No surprise there. They're unlike, and the Bengals are like unlikely to sign T. Higgins to a long-term extension on top of it. So, you know, I don't like that they're going to probably be walking away from T. Higgins. They might franchise tag him, but I don't know that you're going to want a hundred million dollars wrapped up in three guys between Jamar Chase getting his deal because you know that's going to happen soon. He's going to be yeah. eligible after this season. Yeah, you know, you got Joe Burrow getting paid fifty-five at this point. And then you're going to, if you do tag T Higgins, you're talking about close to 24 to 25 million for T Higgins. Yeah. So you're going to wrap up a hundred million dollars of your cap in three guys. Oof. All on the offense, all on, on yeah, the, the offense. Yep. I don't, I don't know that they're going to do that. So if you let T Higgins walk out the door, it wouldn't surprise me one bit. I could see paying the, the Jamar chase Joe Burrow deal, I could see that. And then after that, you got to fill out the rest of your roster. But even then, it's we're talking eighty million. So I mean, it's it's going to be a tough go that's for the why, Bengals. That's why the window was closing. Yes, and yep. it's, it's closing fast because now with uh, without having those top two safeties, uh, Von Bell and uh, who's the other that that left in free agency? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, uh, forgive me. But they do have losing, Daxton Hill over there. Daxton Hill's good, but losing those two guys—that was a, a really good a, a key to uh, the defensive system that they run in Cincy. Losing those two guys—that's going to hurt them a little bit. Jesse Bates. Jesse Bates. Yeah. Thank you. Losing those two guys, and and now you're about to let T. Higgins walk out the door because of, I don't I, I don't know if they're pulling for each other because they're you know teammates and friends with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. That could be the deal. T. Right. Higgins got squeezed out, yep. you know, because there's only so much to go around. And yeah, 
Yeah, because remember when when the draft came out, Joe Burrow was the one who come to the office mm-hmm. and to the front office and said, "Hey, get Jamar Chase. Go get Jamar Chase for right. me." And that's what they did. Even though I think that was a... anyway, that's what they did. <laughs> you know how you let this, you know, and and because of that, they ended up getting getting Joe Burrow sacked a lot. Yeah, right. So it's not. Like I don't want to, you know, T. Higgins to get paid because I because I do, you know, earn your money. He's he's gonna get paid. He's gonna somewhere. get paid somewhere. He's he's gonna be a number one somewhere. T. Yeah. Higgins when T. Higgins came out in the draft a few years back and he got drafted uh thirty uh, third overall, second round by the by the Bengals. I said he was a steal. I I right yeah. away I said T. Higgins was a steal. I wanted the Vikings to get T. Higgins. And now don't get me wrong, I'm happy with Justin Jefferson, obviously for obvious reasons. Okay, right. but. I, I was like, man, if they got T. Higgins, I'd be thrilled. Because I like T. Higgins. I think he's a damn good receiver. Big-bodied really? guy, high yeah. points of the ball, red zone threat. I yeah. mean, he's he's a, a, a almost like an enhanced version. And, and it, you might not like this comparison, but I'm going to say it anyway. He's like a very much enhanced version of Eric Decker, where he's got that big body, mm-hmm. but he's faster. Um, he, uh, he's got better hands. I think he's obviously a more proficient receiver than Eric yeah. Decker, but very good. But he reminds me of a way, way better version of Eric Decker, which I, I just love. Yeah. Really, you know, he reminds me of a lot. Reminds me of Ed McCaffrey a lot in a way. I mean, I, I really like T. Higgins. He is just a, a special player. He's going to be <laughs> number one. He's going to get the Anquan Bolden treatment. When Anquan right. left Arizona as a number two, went to Baltimore, became the number one, and showed that he can be a true number one. Yeah. And that's what T. Higgins is going to do. He's going to go somewhere. NFL teams need to be sniffing this guy out and keeping your eyes on him. Baltimore. I mean, Baltimore. That would be the place. That would be the place to go. You, you got Zay mm-hmm. over there on a rookie deal, and then you go and sign T. Higgins on top of it? That would yeah. be the place to go. Yeah. You know? Because I don't know how much you're going to get out of Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. OBJ is probably he's, – he's going the way of Terrell Owens. Right, and he's yep. he, all, not quite Antonio Brown, but almost like. Yeah, imagine T. Higgins over there with the Patriots. How how much he could help that team? Imagine T. Higgins over there with with Indianapolis. How much he could help that team? You know, T. Higgins gonna get paid. Oh yeah, he's gonna get paid, and he's gonna get paid by by somebody who really wants a good, strong, solid receiver that's gonna be a good number one because he is gonna be a number one wherever he goes. He yeah. should be a number one. So. T. Higgins, unlikely to get signed. They get their guy in Joe Burrow, though. They get him locked down long term, and and you know you knew it was coming. You knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had to. Yeah, he's their guy. Speaking of the Ravens, because I mentioned them, uh, tight end Mark Andrews is questionable versus the Texans on Sunday due to a quadriceps injury. And, you know, it's a huge blow, but Isaiah Likely is still out there with the the Ravens, and Isaiah Likely was very good for the Ravens last season. He was. You know, I I think. Um, out of Coastal Carolina. Yeah, I think uh, the Ravens are going to be just fine here, don't you, Alex? Yep. I mean, I don't think there's any reason to uh, be pressing the panic button. I mean, you still have Kyle Ham- Hamilton on defense. Yeah. You know, you still have, uh, you know, which version of Lamar are you going to get? We don't know. But, I mean, we're really hoping that, you know, he takes that $51 million and does something with it. But, um, you know. Sorry, he's doing something with it. 
I, I promise you, he's doing something. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's probably buying a new car and you know paying off the mortgage on his house. Or anyway, but but the, the point is, um, yeah, you definitely need Mark Andrews on the field. He's a very dynamic tight end, but you know it's it's only a temporary situation. Yeah, you know, I, is is the the backup over there, and he he performs so well. And the Ravens also had you know on top of it, we're talking about the players they got. They do have another one. They signed defensive end Jadavion Clowney to a one year deal. Uh, you know, Clowney is one of those guys that's become a like a weird sort of journeyman in a way. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's strange. Mercenary. Yeah, it's what he is at yeah. this point. I mean, he's really good though. That's yeah. the thing. When he's healthy, he's really good and he's really disruptive. You know, he played for Cleveland for a little bit, and he was really disruptive in Cleveland for a little while. And, yep. you know, when he couldn't stay healthy in Houston, and Houston kind of shoot him out the door, and okay, whatever. But, yep. like you said, he's a mercenary. He's a damn good mercenary to yep. have. Yep. You know, Ravens yep. needed some pass rush. They get Jadavion Clowney on the field. Uh, Boots, Jadavion Clowney, you like him? I love Jadavion Clowney as, as a, uh overall talent. Yeah. He had some rough years with some injuries and – and underperformed in Houston. I mm-hmm. wonder how much of that was I, if he really truly wanted to get back on the field for the franchise. Yeah, that you know was a little uh, mismanaged uh, from what we hear and know. So I I like uh, Jadavion Clowney just the overall talent because his skill set you you know the strong long uh, uh, dominant. In at at sometimes, yeah, he fits perfectly. He fit perfectly with the Browns. He did. Because, he really, you did. know, him on the other side of Miles Garrett. Gosh, yeah, dog, yeah. Man, they could have had. <laughs> it could have done so much more with that man. Yeah, and with now with the Browns getting Jim Schwartz at deep at a defense coordinator. Yeah, I think he left a year too soon. I think he did man, too. Man, he could have been a tear. Could have been on a tear with uh with Jim Schwartz. Yeah, I like uh I like Clowney. He's you know he's he's a really good player. Um, I think he'll be a good fit with the Ravens defensive with scheme the, with the Ravens. Yep. I don't, I don't see it not working. No, no. You know what I mean? I, I see it working. Yeah. You know, so. and, and him along with, you know, David Ajabo. And I mean, this, this is going to be kind of an interesting uh, thing for the Ravens. It's going to be interesting for the Ravens. Did I have them missing the playoffs? I think you did. I think I did because man, I don't see, I, I can see Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Definitely in. I see the Cleveland Browns in, and I see the Steelers a lot better than people want to give them credit for. I see them. I think Baltimore might. I think Baltimore might miss it. But in in here's here's I, I just want to run down the line here of of this defense because this defense on paper is quietly scary. Nobody's looking at that Ravens defense and how scary it can be. Let me just run down these names here. Justin Matabike. Okay. Michael Pierce as your nose tackle. Roderick Washington at, at right defensive end, but obviously that's going to become, you know, uh, Jadavion Clown. So you, you have that. <clears throat> Adafe Owe. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was on our, our top 10 rookies uh, a couple years back. Uh, Roquan Smith. People forget he's still mm-hmm. over there. Patrick Queen. Who's over there? David Ajabo, who's over there. Tyus Bowser is over there. Kyle Hamilton, who was number two in our rookie rankings last year. He was the top-ranked safety in the entire league last year. Marcus Williams over there. 
right now he's out, but but uh, Marlon Humphrey, obviously over there, uh, and and they they're gonna probably put in. I, I think Armour Davis is probably gonna be the guy that they put in. Uh, but I look at that team, and I look at what they've got going on on the defensive side of the ball, and I'm going, mm, that's frightening. Yeah, frightening defense. Yeah. Um, the Ravens have had enough of having a bad defense. Let's just let's put it that way. Yeah, you know. So, I mean, here's the thing about the Ravens: you're never going to get a bad defense out of the Ravens. They'll always be tough, right, to beat, no matter. No, no matter road, home, they're they're always going to be tough because that's just how they're built, and that's just how Harbaugh and company like to play. Right. You know, tough down to the last two to three possessions of the game, maybe just two possessions of the game. They always they keep they keep themselves in it with tough defense and the run game to allow themselves a chance to win it late. Right. And because they've got one of the greatest kickers in the league. Yeah, let's not forget that. In league history. He might go down. He's probably going to go down as the best of all time. Longest field goal in NFL history. Yeah. I know that. He's, yeah, he's, yeah, you're not going to top that. Yeah, looking at Justin Tucker, I, I he's going to go down as the greatest in history at this point. I, I, yeah. I, I You give him about three more years of what he's doing, and I think we're talking about the greatest kicker of all time. But here's the thing. I think what they also need – the Baltimore Ravens, they need to get into the Super Bowl again. Yeah. With him, with with Tucker as the kicker. Oh. And if he kicks a game winner. There you go. A 50-some yard game winner. Now yeah. we're talking. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's, hall, that's Hall of Fame worthiness. Yeah. I think he's already Hall of Fame worthy. I mean, judging by a lot of the shit he's done, I, I yeah. just, he, the, the man's already Hall of Fame worthy. He's He's incredible. Yeah. Um, and an, an interesting linebacker, and we, we just got done talking about, uh, you know, a, a player you didn't get the most of. Uh, mm-hmm. Miles Jack retires after seven seasons. He informs the Eagles that he is retiring. And he just signed with them not yeah. too long ago, Just right? signed with them, yeah. I, I, I'm surprised by this. Miles Jack, if I'm not mistaken, he was drafted by the Jags, uh, yeah. winds up in Philadelphia. Miles Jack's a he was a good linebacker. I don't understand this. After seven seasons, he retires. Really good linebacker that really got underutilized in a lot of different ways. Um, I, I just I don't think anybody got him to his full potential. No, you know I really don't think they did. No, I think he. It may be one of those deals where because I at, when they when he first signed with the Eagles, I said ah he just he just wants to you know skip training camp right, right. The, the grind of the you know two a days and this and that and I'll, I'll I'll just you know. I'll come in when you're ready to play, right? Yeah. Maybe he just, unless it's something health-related, right? Maybe it's one of those deals, okay, I've earned enough money. Yeah. And I don't want to do this anymore. And I think I can say that and and be okay with it. Right. Right. right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it was an interesting thing to say the least. Um, and then last but not least, uh, kind of an interesting news story. The Seahawks rookie wide receiver Jackson Smith and Jigba undergoes wrist surgery. He's set to miss the first three to four weeks. You know, the the Jacksonville or I'm sorry, the Seattle Seahawks rather, they've got a a uh, an embarrassment of riches yeah. over there at the receiver position between DK Metcalf, yep. Tyler Lockett, now Jackson Smith and Jigba, who I thought was a steal of a draft pick when they got yep. him yeah. um, at that at that stage in the draft. 
Um, this doesn't really hurt the Seattle Seahawks a lot. And whoever faces them after week four is going to be shitting their pants when they're going 3D. Uh, yeah. Everybody. I mean, that's it's yeah. basically yeah. spread offense time for for Pete Carroll and company, right? I, Pretty much. That's, that's basically all this is going to be. It's going to be spread offense, pass heavy, and they're going to get their money's worth out of Geno Smith and that 60-plus million that he's getting paid this year. I mean, that's what they want. They're going to probably uh, deploy him. Because I heard he's I heard he's close to playing and and would be okay. Yeah, I think you're going to see him. Mm-hmm. You know, for a little bit. I don't know if he plays the entire game. No, no, no. You know, but but you're going to see him as kind of a wide receiver three for a little bit. Yeah. But I think they're going to deploy him a lot more than people expect. You know, out of a normal wide receiver three, he's not going to be deployed like you know, for example. And I, the best way I could put it is like the Vikings had. Jefferson and Thielen, and then they deployed Osborne every now and then. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. It's not going to be like that. It's going to be DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and you're going to see Jackson Smith and Jigba in the spl- in the slot a lot more than than a typical team utilizes a wide receiver three. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lockett. I'm not sure Lockett can play on the outside. I think Lockett is best in best suited in the slot. So it's going to be interesting to see those two battling for <clears throat> slot reps. So the, yeah, they could be battling for slot reps. One thing I will say about Tyler Lockett is there's greasy fast speed when it comes to Tyler Lockett. Uh, he might be able to play on the outside. Smith and Jigba, I mean, he's typically a lot of people say he's a slot guy too. We've heard this before, though. And this is yeah. like, I, I mean, we heard about Justin Jefferson coming yeah. out of the draft. Oh, he's just a slot guy just a slot guy. And then, and then it was like, well, so much for that, yeah. you know? So, I mean, you, you might see Smith and Jigba go to the outside. You might see Tyler he's, Lockett make his way outside. He's a uh, Smith and Jigba is a good enough route runner that if you do put him on the outside, I think he can make some waves. He can yeah. make some splash plays out there too. He's more of a possession receiver in my opinion than anything, which I love. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's not the kind of guy that I think is going to, uh, um, be a speed demon down the sidelines. He is He's a use body positioning. Yep. Good hands, you know, yeah. getting getting in the right spot, good route running. You know, that's that's what he's there for. And and I think they've got their big bodied guy in DK Metcalf, that that big deep ball the threat. Big boundary. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what he's gonna be. It's gonna be interesting. I can't wait to see all three of those guys get onto the field and see if Geno Smith can utilize them correctly. Basically, there's no excuses for Geno Smith at this point. Yeah. With no. all- he's got and all the money he's getting so get it done yep absolutely and uh that is our news around the league we got one more thing to do guys Uh Mm -hmm. more thing to do and that is it's that time of the year it is that time of the year so (laughs) we have our predictions coming up here uh as it currently stands um you know, Alex and I are are one and oh on the season to start the year off. We both bet on the Detroit Lions. And uh, unfortunately for Boots here, uh, mm. the Chiefs let him down on Thursday night football. Mm. But mm. Uh, the Detroit football Lions get Alex and I to one and oh to start the season. Um, last year, I, I was the reigning pick'em champion. Uh, so uh, raise the roof there. <laughs> you know, hey, um, eventually I'm going to get a trophy or something for that. Just so I can... <laughs> I can have the and I'll, and I'll display it somewhere in the in the room so you guys can can see it. But uh, you know the as it currently stands, Alex and I are are one and zero. We're going to go through our predictions, uh, gentlemen. Week one is here. Week one week has one. arrived. Uh, gentlemen, are you ready? 
Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Uh, starting out with the Bengal, here are your predictions for week one in the 2023 NFL season, starting with the Bengals and the Browns. I'm going with the Bengals here. This is a no-brainer to me. Joe Burrow and company doing what they do. The window might be closing, but it's still wide open right now. I'm going Bengals. Boots. Are we talking spread? Oh, no, we're just talking just straight up pick a money line. Money line, soda. Okay. Just winning the game. Yep. Um, it, I, going going over this, uh, Joe Burrow struggles against the uh, Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Historically, he's, he struggled against them historically. He's definitely struggled against them on the road. Mm-hmm. And now you're going against a Jim Schwartz-led defense that you have not seen before. Oh, boy. You may have seen the concepts, but you have not seen these concepts with these particular players, Joe Burrow. You're going Browns, aren't you? I'm going with the Browns. Oh, wow. Wow. You know, those are some some interesting points, Boots. You know, and uh, I I will say that, uh, you know, Jim Schwartz over the years has been a very effective defensive coordinator. He tried his hand at head coaching and he was subpar, but... Uh, it's the Cincinnati Bengals, and it's Joe Cool, and T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase, and Tyler Boyd on on the, on the back end. Plus, didn't didn't Cincinnati pick up Eli Apple? Uh, well, Cincinnati they had Eli Apple. He's gone. Okay, I, I thought I thought Cleveland had him at first. Anyway, but but the point remains, Joe Cool gets it done in in Cleveland on the road. I'm going Bengals. Yeah, let's not forget. His award is back. Yeah, yeah, he is back. He is. He is. You're not okay. So uh, next up, we got the Texans and the Ravens. Look, I like the Texans uh, on the upswing. I love that they have a new head coach who's a former defensive guy uh, with the San Francisco 49ers. So obviously, there's somewhat of a pedigree of success in D'Amico Ryan's, but. I am going with the Baltimore Ravens here. That Ravens defense is terrifying. Uh, I'm going Ravens. Boots. I am going to. Uh, oh, okay. Well, it's on me. It's all on me now. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're going to be. See now. I'm going to get this money and I will not be beat now. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Had to finish it. Sorry. Uh, there's no way that. I mean, Houston, their offensive line is, is a little bit of a mess. Apparently, mm-hmm. you know, they, they got some guys on IR. They got some guys on pub list. They're, they're shuffling, and this is not the time to be shuffling and trying to deal with injuries right. with the offensive line, especially going with the defense that you just laid out right. so expertly for us, Scotty. I'm going to have to go with Baltimore. It's going to be closer than what you think it's going to be because Houston will still have a uh, very good uh, – they've got a very good defensive core, and they've got a defensive-minded coach. And he's going to be implementing that, what he brought from San Francisco. And you've got Baltimore trying to work in a new offense, yeah. going a complete departure, sort of like what we talked about with the Vikings, mm-hmm. going from 4-3 to 3-4. Now, same thing with the with the Ravens, going from that heavy run quarterback central offense, running rushing offense, to now this Okay, we're going to sit back. We're going to throw it all over the yard. That Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah, yeah, you know, we could still still going to run it a, a little bit, but I think it's going to take a little bit of time to get used to. So, uh, I'm not, Baltimore still wins, but I, I like uh, Houston to cover. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. not a pick them up. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, Alex. I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens also, but at the, at the same time, you know, the Houston Texans definitely had the de- had probably one of the best one-two punches in draft history with uh, C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson. They really surprised everybody. Uh, having said that, you know, it's still week one, and we we yet to see what these two can do. Uh, I really want to see if Will Anderson lives up to the hype. If he does, you know, I'll probably start picking Houston a lot more often, but... Uh, with Lamar Jackson and that Baltimore defense, I'm going with the Baltimore Ravens. Absolutely. Uh, next up, Bucks and the Vikings. Uh, you know, this one's a little tough. Look, I have my nerves about this game. I have some serious concerns about this Vikings team right now. Mm-hmm. I am, and Ryan Jensen isn't on the field, but there is something weird. Something weird about this game that screams... Minnesota Vikings typical yearly trap game. Guys, this early in season? <laughs> guys, I'm going with the Bucks. Whoa. Oh my gosh. Yep. Whoa. Yep. Whoa. Here's... The line on this game has has been consistently going down, or excuse me, in favor of the Bucks. It started at mm-hmm. uh, Vikings minus seven and a half. Yep. Uh, late, uh, early in the summer, and then it, it's Steadily gone from seven and a half, seven, six and a half, six. Now it's at what, five and a half. Five and a half, yep. So, so there's a lot of money coming in on the buck, especially late. Uh, the Todd Bowles defensive strategy has always been typically very good. Yep. Overall, as a, as a as a head coach, he hasn't been. You know, all love Todd Bowles and all that, but. Um, I think the second year in this Minnesota offense is gonna it's gonna help. You know, first year of the Dave Canales uh, Tampa Bay offensive scheme that's gonna hurt. I, I think it'll be closer than the experts think, as as Lee Corso would say. But I'm going with the uh, Vikings. Alex, yep, I'm gonna be going with the Minnesota Vikings as well. I mean, let's not forget Todd Bowles is on the hot seat. Yeah. You know, if he if he can't turn this t- team around, if he can't like make some magic happen, when we I can totally see Tampa Bay being nothing more than an eight and seven, nine and eighteen. You know, we'll, they'll most likely have a losing record. And uh, you know, JJ and Kirk Cousins and you know Minnesota has a, a good enough team that they should be able to handle the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is one of those deals where it's, you know, <laughs> this is definitely okay. Um, yeah, no, I was gonna, I was gonna have some comment about a win is a win, but you know, I know that you guys are gonna be playing hard to, uh, yeah. you know, y- you're gonna be proving yourselves against uh, this this Tampa Bay, this Tampa Bay offense and defense. So it's a home game, so yeah, I got that to look forward to. So I'm going Vikings. Yeah, I, I I wanted to go Vikings, this game. And, and there's there's something that is screaming at me that the Buccaneers are going to surprise a lot of folks, and I I just especially week one, yeah, week one, I, I just I'm uneasy. They'll be bad late, yeah, I think, yeah, because they're going to you know I think they're going to trade Mike Evans before mm-hmm. the trade deadline and all but, that. But right now, but right now, I'm I'm concerned. I'm concerned, <laughs> and I you know they, especially you know that Vikings defense. Taking yeah. on 
Evans and Godwin, yeah. and, and all you have is Byron Murphy mm-hmm. and, and a guy that should be standing there holding a clipboard, and, mm-hmm. and I'm supposed to sit there and get excited about it. No, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm concerned. So I, I'm, I, that's why I'm going with the Bucks here. Next up, the Panthers and the Falcons. Going to be, a, you know, a, a giant douche taking on a turd sandwich, but we're going to be <laughs> excited about this one. I'm going with the Falcons. I think Bijan Robinson has himself a huge day. This is going to be the big debut that we've been talking about. I think Bijan Robinson, we're going to see 28 carries out of that boy. He's going to wind up with a big old whopping chunky yardage. We're going to see 150 yards out of that boy. We're going to see two touchdowns out of that boy. We're going to see Bijan Robinson being like the second coming of Derrick Henry. Yep, that's it, Alex. Just spoon feeding it in. Bijan Robinson's going to remind everybody, hey, guys. I was the best running back out of this draft class. No, just draft class. Not Jameer Gibbs. No, no. Bijan is the guy that we should be talking about. Bijan's going to be the man that winds up being one of the best running backs in the league. And Bijan's going to prove it this Sunday when he stomps the Carolina Panthers into oblivion. And he's going to do it single handedly because the rest of his team is trash. <laughs> I think that's a, that's that's a bit hyperbolic because the <laughs> the Falcons have re- had they've invested in the run game, they've invested in the offensive line, the defense. They've also invested in. They got a, a safety uh, uh, McClellan out of yeah. out of Alabama. He yeah. played very well in preseason. Heard his name multiple times. But I put it like this: the Falcons are easily. Easily the second best team in the division. Yep. So while I believe Carolina probably covers that three and a half point spread, and let me tell you, that's not saying much, by the way, that they're the best team in that division. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, not saying much, but I'll give you a a bootleg bet. I am taking Carolina Panthers plus three and a half Mm -hmm. on this line. Yep. But the Falcons win the game. Okay. Alex. All right. Yep, um, I think that based based on the B. John Robinson deal, it's uh, it's Atlanta. You know, yep. we'll see what we'll see what Bryce Young can do. This is this is a coming out party for Bryce Young as well. You know, to see how well he can handle. You know, how how well he can see over his uh, offensive tackles. You know, because <laughs> he he's five foot nothing. You know, it, it, he might have to rely on his feet a lot. You know, so it, it's going to answer a lot of questions on whether Carolina, you know, stole one from the Bears. And got Bryce Young, or if if they mortgage their future for a quarterback that's not going to pan out, we'll see. But uh, but Atlanta Falcons. Going to get a lot of Hayden Hurst and a lot of Adam Thielen to help out the rookie. Yeah, that's what you're going to get a lot of. Uh, next up, this one's uh, going to be entertaining: uh, the Cardinals versus the Commanders. Obviously, we've been talking about getting ready to start Josh Dobbs. Uh, yeah, this one's a no-brainer to me, and I think it's going to be a, you know, it's a nice game for Sam Howell to get going. I think. Yes. It's def- yes. If there was ever a game for Sam Howell to, 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 to start his career on, this is the one. This is it. No yeah. Isaiah Simmons on the other side. Yeah, and, oh. and your, your opposing quarterback's Josh Dobbs, right. and then you've got a three-wide receiver set with, with Curtis Samuel and company and and all those guys, and then and then to Brian Robinson Jr. right back. Yep, and yeah, yep. Brian Robinson is there, and then Terry McLaurin. Well, it was they were a little nervous he wasn't going to play because of a toe injury. He's going to be in there, so you got scary Terry McLaurin in there. Commanders all day. This is going to be a beating. 
Uh, commanders are gonna gonna waffle stomp the Cardinals down the drain. Boots, what do you got? Well, pour the syrup on them, man. <laughs> Give me the Commanders. I, you look, Arizona. They're in, they are basically in full. They are in disguise tank mode. Yeah. Right. They're they're camouflage tank mode right now. It's very much like Miami a few years ago. Yeah. Trying to make it seem. Oh no, we're not. You, you get rid of Isaiah huh? for a seventh rounder. And you're for not- a seventh round pick. A pack, a pair of underwear. Yeah, there's no way to work. Keith, uh, Keith. <laughs> Kyler Murray. I'm thinking of rapper Keith Murray. Anyway, <laughs> Kyler Murray. Um, if I'm anyone in the association, of the Arizona Cardinals front office, hey, he better not look at a pair of cleats this season. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Right? You know, they just grabbed Josh Dobbs. And has and he and he has absolutely no familiarity with his offense. None, none. And now you're he's expected to. That's what a professional does. He comes in, learns what he needs. But, to that, learn, but that's not a tank job. Start. Exactly. You, you traded for him what two a week and a half ago. Exactly. I mean, they've got a rocket scientist, an aerospace engineer, scientist, whatever. Josh died. He that <laughs> that was his major at Tennessee was like aerospace engineer or, or whatever. More fun facts. Very intelligent. But give me the command. It's dumb to start him this day. Give me the command. Yeah, and and uh, I just want to point out if, if any of you gentlemen need need a guy that's going to go out and and do like your dating profile for you that'll know all of the fun facts about you. The bootleg better is available. Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> he can upsell anything that you guys have about. You. Anyway, Alex, Alex, uh, you know what what are we doing here? What the hell are we well, doing? Well, first of all, break out your bingo cards because, uh, you know, now the Kyle Murray is going to be setting out in the next four weeks. You might as well get up. You might as well make them double XP weekends. Yeah, uh, You might as well cash that in. Um, commanders all day. Yep. Um, I really want to see Sam Howell really come out and, uh, again, just have you know, Brian Robinson, you know, at running back and having all and having that receiver core, you know, it, it gives them a little bit of hope in the NFCs. But, again... The NFC East, which is one of the most competitive divisions in the market, as opposed to the NFC West, which probably will have the two, two of the dirt worst teams in the league. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Definitely the conference. Yep. Uh, next up, Jags and the Colts. We get the much anticipated debut of Anthony Richardson. Uh, <laughs> oh, that that boots you're rubbing those hands together. Look, don't start a fire here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? The Jags are going to kick the ever-loving shit out ah. of the Indianapolis Colts this week. Ah. I'm going Jags all day. <laughs> I could, I could see it happening, but I could also see the debut of Anthony Richardson. Oh, God. going the way of Cam Newton, oh, where he put up God. highlight reel throws. And was celebrating all the touchdowns. And then got his heart broken at the end of the game. But I say the Jacksonville Jaguars are a little too cocky for their own good. Oh. Because the defense is not what you think it is. And neither is the offensive line. So you put Shaq Leonard healthy. Darius, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, DeForest Buckner, healthy along the Colts defensive line. I think you're looking at a little bit of a problem for Trevor Lawrence and those Jacksonville Jags. 
taking Jacksonville to win. Those are all all solid points. You know, it's not like Indianapolis does not have a chance. But at the end of the day, it's Trevor Lawrence's game to win. You know, and Doug Peterson is still, you know, you know, figuring this whole thing out. You know, they're going to continue their winning ways. Hopefully, make their way to another AFC South Division title. Uh, and hopefully they'll get a higher berth in the playoffs. But, uh, you know, this this Colts team is much maligned. You know, I'm, I'm really hoping that Anthony Richardson does show up and show out because then it's like, oh, wow, we got a little spark of hope. But give me the Jaguars. Uh, next up, an interesting one, the Niners and the Steelers. Uh, you know, uh, Brock is going to be out there. We know he's going to be out there. I uh, Did I get that right? Yeah. I, I think I, I did that to the best of my ability. So uh, we will see Brock Purdy out there. And the Steelers, there has been a weird, strange buzz high about the Pittsburgh Steelers this year. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that the Steelers don't have a really tough schedule, but this is one of their tougher games. Um, and a lot of people are saying that Steelers' defense is going to be incredible in spite of the fact that they lost Cam Sutton this year. I don't understand the logic. I'm going – yeah, Joy Porter Jr. is going to be special. I'm going with the Niners, though. I, I got to go with the Niners. Um, you know, I, I have I, I know Brock Purdy who was was uh, an anomaly, and he's something still of an anomaly. But there's too much. There's too much. Uh, San Francisco 49ers defense. There's too much of a strong San Francisco 49ers run game, and everybody seems to just be over overlooking guys like Christian McCaffrey right now. Run Christian, CMC. Yep. Christian McCaffrey's going to have himself a game here. Um, look, I understand TJ Watts out on the field. This isn't going to be an upset. This is going to be the Niners winning in at Heinz Field. They're going to go in, and they're going to win. I'm going with the Niners. Mm, 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 mm. I like you, Scotty, but that's wrong. Ooh. You got a West Coast team traveling East Coast, early kickoff. Mm-hmm. You got Brock Purdy. <laughs> I don't know how that elbow's holding up. Yep. You got the defensive coordinator gone, now head coach in Houston. So there's a lot of factors working against you. You got the second year offense. You got Kenny Pickett throwing the ball to George Pickett. You think he's going to have a big step forward? I think he's going to have a huge step forward because he's got no other choice. And he's got two really good receivers on the outside. Jalen Warren showing up, making plays in the preseason, pushing Najee Harris possibly out the door. I'm taking the Steelers. Ooh. Mm. Pretty solid. So, uh, again, this one's going to be closer than you think. You know, we were talking about it in preseason where the Pittsburgh Steelers, that defense might be, you know, may have a lot of surprises. Uh, so uh, I'm going to say, yeah, obviously I'm picking the Niners uh, because, again, run CMC. You got Debo Samuel. You got Brock Purdy. Um, but at the But also, you know, it's I just don't see I don't see it yet. Give me, give me something, Pittsburgh, and then I will, uh, you know, get, give me something, and then maybe I'll be, I'll pick them down the line. But if, if it's the Niners and it's, you know, it, it's it's the defense, it's Christian McCaffrey. I'm going with the 49ers. Very nice, very nice, and you know, I agree with you there. I just think that Niners team is is too much to handle there. Mm-hmm. 
they'll, they'll, they'll make they'll probably if they don't get the number one seed they will like i said they'll probably get i, I think i made a bowl i gotta go back over my bold predictions but you know we'll see them in the playoffs again uh, next up, the Titans and the Saints. This one actually does seem a little bit interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Saints are a team that well, a lot of us predicted will win their division, and they're going to have a, a something of a resurgence in a way. Um, Derek Carr under center. You got Michael Thomas back being healthy. Juwan Johnson got signed to a new deal. He thinks, and, and really, Juwan Johnson, a lot of people don't realize he actually was very good at the end of last year. Uh, you still have Chris Olave over there, who's going to be the de facto number one, I think. I, I think that makes a lot of sense. A lot of people under, uh, have been underscoring the fact that Jimmy Graham is also back on this team. He's on the 53-man roster, and he had a very good showing in preseason. Jimmy Graham has Jimmy Graham? Uh, so... I, I got questions about this team, but I'm also excited about this team. In addition, you know, the Saints defense, the schedule is kind of soft. You got some <clears throat> with the Titans going on. Ryan Tannehill, you don't really know what's going to happen with Ryan Tannehill and how he's going to perform. I got questions about this uh, Titans team, you know, but at the end of the day, I, I'm going to have to go with the Saints here. Uh, you know, in spite of the fact that Alvin Kamara is gone, Jamal Williams is going to be out on the field for the Saints. He's going to be very good for them. Um, and and I, I just I can't not take the Saints here. I, I really just can't. The, the Saints make a lot of sense. I'm rolling with the Saints um, over the uh, the old Tennessee Titans here. Uh, Boots. We got Saints and Titans. What are you going to roll with here? See, here's the thing. The Titans always play you tough. Yeah. You can't just roll them over, right? Right, right, right. right. Nobody's just going to roll over on the, on, on the Titans. Right. I like I like them. I love the run game. Derrick Henry control, trying to control. They just don't have the offensive line to uh, really take advantage of it. Yeah. It'll be close. I'm taking the Saints. Yeah, I, I think the Saints all day. I, it's, I I agree with you. It's the the big the big factor for me that's really going to set the whole thing off that makes me think that this isn't going to go well for them. Ryan Tannehill. I yep. do buy Ryan Tannehill. I can't. No, you, you have you haven't been able to buy him for years. Yeah, right. you got the, you got DeAndre Hopkins. You got Derrick Henry. And you got, for some reason, Traylon Burks, who's a bum. <laughs> and of course, you have you have not an elite quarterback, Ryan Pennell. Yep. I'm going with the Saints because you have Derek Carr there, you have Chris Olave, you've got Jamal Williams, and you have Swiss Army knife Taysom Hill. Yep. You know, Swiss, Swiss Army tight end quarterback basically played every offensive position you could think of. Yeah. Whatever. So, uh, Offensive weapon, Taysom Hill. Yes. Offensive <laughs> weapon, Taysom Hill. So, uh, who dat yeah. is, is my pick. Going Saints there. Uh, next up, Raiders and the Broncos, uh, 425. You know, it's in, it's in mile high. I have questions about this Broncos team, though. I don't trust even Sean Payton, I, and I hate Sean Payton. And yeah. I still think Sean Payton is a very valuable coach. 
I don't trust him, though, to be able to turn Russ's career around. I'm going with the Raiders here, and it's going to be a closer game than a lot of people expect, but I'm going with the Raiders. That's very good. Yeah. Um, Something smells fishy in Denver. Yeah. Some probably probably that probably that half baked salmon that Russ was trying to cook. <laughs> right. I mean, he did set the building on fire trying to do it. I, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I'm not liking what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing out of no, neither am I. Right. You would say, okay, the you know the element of the altitude gives them the advantage. Yep. But, and I. It's not like they haven't played in it before. It's a divisional game. It's it's Josh McDaniel's second year as opposed to Sean uh, Payton's first. Getting all all of these things adding up. I like your pick with the Raiders, man. Yeah, that's what it's, I'm saying. It's hard for me to pick against the Broncos, especially week one, mm-hmm. out there in altitude and. You know, they're typically better when it comes to that. I, I don't know. They got a tough defense, really good. This, this one's hard. Let's go with the Raiders. There you go. There you go. Ah, Raiders. Okay, here's, here's the deal. I'm going the other way. I'm going the Denver Broncos. Here is why. Yes, I don't trust Russell Wilson any further than I can throw him, although he does have Sean Payton. Uh, they, the Raiders do have Jimmy Garoppolo. They do have Josh Jacobs. They signed him. I think I just don't see Josh McDaniels coming out of the other end. I mean, he, he's a bum. Josh McDaniels is a bum. That's fair. And you have a better head. You have a veteran head coach in Sean Payton, and you, you've made some moves. You know, you're without Jerry Judy. You know. And you know Melvin Gordon left town, but just something tells me that you know I'm I'm gonna go with the Broncos. It's gonna be an ugly game. Oh, it's yeah. gonna be bowling. It's gonna be bowling shoe ugly. Yeah. You know I, if this if this if these two guys break if these two teams break twenty points, I'll be astonished. Yeah. It's gonna be ten seven Broncos. Love, and I love Marvin Mims, by the way. Yeah. The wide receiver out there in Denver. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next up, Eagles and Patriots, a rematch of the Super Bowl from a few years ago, sort of, in a way. Uh, you know, the Patriots, they, they are putting together some interesting things. They have a very good defense out there in New England. Um, but I'm going with the Eagles here. I think the uh, the defending NFC champions come out and, uh, you know, get themselves a, a nice, strong victory here. Uh, I'm going with the Eagles. Hmm. The, the, well, I'm sorry. Or should I say the Philadelphia Bulldogs? Philly Dogs. This is tough. Uh, the Eagles were placing both offensive and defense coordinator going against the Eagles. The Patriots who have replaced their offensive coordinator. Yeah. I mean, history tells you that you can't just roll over on the, a, a Patriots team, but we're talking about the second-best quarterback in the league. Mm-hmm. Mac. Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Wait a minute now. <laughs> no, just, 
No disrespect, Mac Jones. But yeah, second best quarterback in the league, Jalen Hurts. Give me give me the Eagles uh, on the strength of the quarterback. Yeah. I'm gonna get I'm gonna go Eagles for a different reason. Um I went obviously I went through we went through the I was going through the whole impact players thing. Of course you have AJ Brown and Devontae Smith, and you have Jalen Hurts. You have that triple threat. But you also have Jordan Davis, big boy from Georgia. Yep. And you also have the impact player that I'm predicting in Philadelphia, Kelly Wingo. Oh, yeah. He's he's going to show up and show out. <laughs> so you know, if that Eagles defense wasn't wasn't wanted enough with Indomitian Sue and Jordan Davis last year, this year, scary. Give me Eagles. Yeah, I, I think the Eagles defense is going to be scary. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, um, chemistry there from their time in Georgia. A lot of Georgia players on that defense. Oh, and DeAndre Swift's there too, and he's a former Georgia Bulldog. Yeah, yep. that's funny. A lot of Bulldogs. That's a funny. lot of Bulldogs. Uh, next up, this one's going to be uh, just a beating, I think. Rams and Seahawks. Uh, look, Rams don't have anything. The Seahawks have everything. Okay. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, Seahawks here, it's not even close. No. It's it's a simple process here on that one. <laughs> uh, mm. I don't know. Really? You have to question this? I don't know. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> look, five and a half. All right. Look, look, you got a you got a Rams team with no Jalen Ramsey, and you've got Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf out there with and who both of which put up a hundred yard games against this Rams team last year. You got uh, uh, Geno Smith. You know, yes, he's got he got paid the high contract, but he's a, he was a top ten quarterback last year statistically. You're looking at Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet out there. You're looking at a much improved defense in Seattle. They got uh, um, they got Bobby back now. Come on now. Here's the here's the thing. It's a divisional game. Oh God. Those are always tough. I, this one is not going to be a tough. This is going to be a blowout. It'll be closer than the experts think. Well, give me the Seahawks. Yeah, I was okay. in the experts. Yeah, okay, I, I, I all right, all right, pump, right, pump the brakes there, Sea Biscuit. This is going to be a thrashing. All right, if if the Rams get ten points on the Seattle defense, okay, I can see ten, not seventeen. No. The, the, if the Rams get more than ten points, I'll be flabbergasted. And reverse if the if the Seahawks get less than twenty one. This this is going to be a, a thirty five to three, fifty two to seventeen. It's going to look like college football in week one. That's yes, good. that's what this is going to be. It's 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 the Rams are getting dumped on their head. You know, it, you know Stafford might be playing, but again, we're going to stamp it again. He needs Tommy John surgery, and we're going to be very we're going to be uh we're going to be thinking about uh. You know nope. how Brock Purdy's going to be doing because he's the one that actually went through it. Yep. So no Seahawks, Cooper no Cooper Cup. You're, you're talking Van Jefferson's your number one. Watch for Ben Skoranek. Watch for Tyler Hickey. Oh God, it's a divisional game. Oh, so always go to they. they you know, it's all, it's closer than the experts think. What's the spread? Go ahead, take, take, tell me what, what well, the spread. I'd, I'd have to look and see. What's the spread, Alex? The spread on this game is uh, five. Seattle, uh, the, the Los Angeles Rams are getting five points. Getting five. Oh, shit. Uh-oh, what? 
I mean, like, five, they're only getting five? Exactly. Yeah. See, that number, see that's, that's what I'm saying. That number's gone down in the past. Uh, that three, doesn't make any sense. Somebody's smoking something. That's six and <laughs> Then it went to six. Now it's at five and a half. I don't understand why it's not 17 or 10. It makes no sense. If it was five and a half, I'd tell you to, to take the Rams at five. I'm not, but I'm always... But we'll, we'll take the Seahawks to win the game. Right. Um, next up, we got uh, a very entertaining matchup here. Uh, Dolphins and Chargers. This one's going to be fun, fun, fun. I'm going... Um, you know, I... I think this is going to be part of my bold predictions here i'm going with the dolphins um and and it's in la the problem is is that you have the chargers uh you know that i think they're going to have a a slow start i and i I don't think it's going to be anything uh offensively i think it's going to be defensively and i I do think they're going to be getting rid of their head coach this year i i really do think that that you're going to see a changing of the guard at the coaching spot for them very early in the season. That was part of my bold predictions. I'm going Dolphins. Chargers get off to a slow start to start the year. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Staley, he might just be a dog coach. Yeah. Right? Right. He could just be a dog coach. Like, I don't, he's made some really, really bad decisions in multiple years, mm-hmm. which, question, which makes you question how good of a coach he is like where Dan Campbell made some some gambles early and he made some questionable decisions he's become a better coach right over these past couple years whereas Brandon Staley not so much right now there's going to be an adjustment period between Kellen Moore and the offensive uh, coordinator position that's going to be an adjustment period you where you look on the other side you've got an offense that's uh finely tuned machine humming yeah right speed on the field I think the uh, and it's, it's tough to pick against the home team, but the Chargers have no home field advantage. Right, there is none. There Nobody, be, no, they, even their yeah. own fans don't like. It. Exactly, there'll be plenty <laughs> of Dolphin fans. Yep, this game is, is tough. We'll go with Miami. We'll go with the Dolphins. Dolphin Dave, what up, Alex? <clears throat> you know, part of me, I was thinking about going with the Chargers just to be the offset, but then. You know, the the big question is, can Tua stay healthy? Can Tua stay off his back? Can he, you know, can the Dolphins prevent him from getting concussed? All right. Uh, can we, can Tua stay healthy? Because if he can, then you have Tyreek Hill, you got Jalen Waddell, and you got Raheem Mostert, and... Uh, Jeff Wilson got put on got a, got put on injured reserve, uh, but you you have enough of a dynamic offense to 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 pull off the victory. And based on that, and based on the fact that you know, well, you, you have Justin Herbert on the other side, you know, who who can make chicken salad out of chicken shit any day of the week. I mean, we've seen this we've seen this happen. Uh, 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 an incompetent Chargers team still made the playoffs, you know. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm going to go ahead and go with the Dolphins. You know, I, I think they have a lot of momentum from last year. And again, two was the bit, two was the X factor here. Uh, next up, Packers and the Bears. Uh, this one's going to be interesting to say the least. Uh, you know, I was originally inclined to go with the Packers. 
knowing full well that Christian Watson's out, Romeo Dubs is out, you know what? There's not a lot of faith there for me. Believe it or not, I can't believe I'm saying this. The Bears. I'm giving the Bears victory here. I'm going with Chicago. Wow. Here's the thing. The uh, Packers have a top 10 offensive line. They've got a top mm, 15 defensive line. The defense plays better than you expect, especially at home. Uh, I think they'll have the the edge on special teams, and I think that's going to play a factor. They've got the a better run game than the than the Bears do, and honestly, they got a better quarterback. I think they got a better roster overall. The receivers, the receivers being hurt, that's going to hurt them. But I'm taking the Packers. There you go. There you go. The uh, big question, the big question that's going to be coming into this game is: Can Jordan Love be a successor to Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre? Can he be the next guy? And this game is kind of a coming out is is a is a coming out party for him. Not kind of, it is. You know, <laughs> I don't have again. We don't. We love to bag on Boston Fields. You know. And I, you know, I, I, you know, he's a, he's the he's he's a great running back and a horrible quarterback. <sighs> so I'm going with the Packers with with another caveat too, that Jordan Love does show up and does show out. Wow. If Jordan Love, you know, shows us his ass, or we find out that he's not like the guy that everybody says he was going to be, Packers are headed towards Dumpsterville. If Jordan Love can compete, it's a three-way tie for the NFC North. Wow. Wow. Um, Sunday night football, Cowboys-Giants. Uh, let me see here. Uh, this one's kind of interesting. I'm going with the G-Men. I'm going with the Giants. Mm. I think uh, the Cowboys are exciting, but they're sort of on the downturn. Dak Prescott led the league in interceptions last year. Uh and he is very downtrodden. It's do or die for Dak Prescott. And frankly, yes. the situation he's in the hot seat. Yeah, I think he's done. I think he's the heat's going to be too much for him. He can't eat the heat, and he's not just going to get out of the kitchen. The, the Cowboys are going to pick him up by the back of his pants and the back of his shirt and throw him out of the kitchen. Dak Prescott will be the reason that they lose this game. I'm going with mm-hmm. the football Giants. Mm. What's the spread on this one? It's tight. It's tight. I'll have to look. Three and a half. Giants getting three and a half. Okay, this is the bootleg bet number two. Okay, we went with the Carolina Panthers plus three and a half earlier. We're going to take the Giants plus three and a half mm-hmm. again on Sunday night because this is Brian Dable. They've got that offense coming. Wink Martindale, we've got that defense, the second year in, it, in that system. Yep. And Isaiah Simmons being the new acquisition <laughs> the key to this game. I'm taking the Giants yep. on Sunday night to beat the Cowboys. There you go. Alex, who well, you got? Well, I mean, they're in Jersey too, so that's another that's another advantage. If it, if and this, you know Alex, I go with the Cowboys. Yep. No, I what? I said, if this game was in Dallas, I'd go with the Cowboys. You're right. Yeah, that is that is true. Uh, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Scott's uh, inclination. We're, we're I'm going G-men, and Dak Prescott will be the reason that that that, that they lose this football game. 
You know, it, it, it's it's Dak Prescott's game to lose, hundred percent. Yeah. You know they do. He has the weapons. He has the talent. You know he's he's a decent quarterback. But when it when it comes to nut cutting time, oh, all right. Time. When it comes to nut cutting time, is this guy gonna fall on his face, or is he going to come out on the other side? I'm going with the G-men again. D Jones is not as good as Dak Prescott, but I'll tell you what. He's proven us time and again that he's not the bust we thought he was going to be when he first got drafted. We la- we laughed when that draft came in, like, what the hell are you drafting this Eli Eli Manning lookalike for? And we all laughed when he ran down the field unopposed and tripped and fell. But at the end of the day, you know, it's the Giants. And last but not least, Monday Night Football, probably the game of the week here. This one's exciting. Rodgers making his debut with the New York Jets. Uh, And he'll be uh, taking on the old Buffalo Bills. It's, um, I'm going with the Jets. I'm going with the Jets, Aaron Rodgers and company. Um, They're going to be, uh, uh, you know, the the real deal here. I'm, I'm calling it right now. Aaron Rodgers and company gets their win. Bills are on the downturn. I'm going with the Jets. Win, huh? Yep. Mm, mm. I, I would love to see Aaron Rodgers fall flat on his face for the sake of my wife, because she was a huge, she's a huge Packer fan, and she cannot stand that he that he left. Yep. I have to go with the Buffalo Bills because they are going to win that division, and in order to win the division, you got to win some divisional games, right? So give me Buffalo. Okay. I don't think it's time for Josh Allen to hang it up just yet. I mean, not, not hang it up, far from it. But I, I think people might, you know, there's, you know, the, the whole Aaron Rodgers thing. Oh, they're sleeping on it. They're sleeping on Josh Allen. They're sleeping on Stefan Diggs. Dangerous. That's very dangerous. So you, you, everybody, everybody should know how prolific this offense is. And they have that. T- they have that one-two punch. They have Dawson Knox. They have Dalton Kincaid. So I'm really interested to see how they utilize that two tight end system. I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills because I think it's time for Josh Allen to remind people, "Hey, I'm still here, and I'm still one of the top quarterbacks in this league." Uh, so you're going with the Bills. I'm going with the Buffalo Bills. And those are our predictions. Good pick, Alex. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> They're sleeping on. <laughs> I'm telling you, they are food gazing. So Jets are food gazing. And with that, folks, those are our predictions for Week One of the 2023 season. And uh, folks, that is our first episode of the year in the books. Next week, obviously, next Saturday, we'll be jumping back in and and. Uh, getting down to business for week two, talking about some of these week one games. Uh, before we take off, let's talk about books, boots. Let's talk about uh, I Ate Cookies Out of the Trash. I Ate Cookies Out of the Trash. Wonderful, wonderful book written by a wonderful author, Tammy Pruitt. The book is available online only. Can't just walk into a store amongst the unwashed masses. Mm-hmm. You got to go online, go to the Google machine and, 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 and look it up. It's on barnesandnoble.com, amazon.com, uh, many other places. You go to the intranet and look for this book. It can help you always go, going through uh, weight issues, uh, depression issues, maybe some anxiety, 
you know, you find something, there's something in there for you if you're going through something, right? <laughs> yep. She talked about therapy and, and things of that nature. So it's not all about trash cookies. <laughs> <laughs> um, next up, we also got Steel Twins Gaming going on. Alex, tell me what you got going on. Yep, we are on season nine. What? Season nine of voice acting. Uh, we're, we took a little bit of a detour. Uh, we're, we're on uh, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. Obviously, it's a, it's a far cry from the uh, days of the Ace Attorney series. I'm more and more, more and more, I'm convincing myself that Ace Attorney was built for this, for this series. Uh, but nonetheless, we still have a lot of fun. You know, uh, you know, it's, it's a raucous time. You know, and it's 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 lighthearted stuff. We we really cannot wait for the Phoenix Justice series to come out because then we'll get all we'll we'll get right back in the courtroom and all that stuff. Uh, every single Wednesday night, you can see Package and myself on YouTube, on Twitch, and on Facebook Gaming. Awesome stuff! Nice. It, it's it's very fun. I've been jumping on there, watching and harassing you guys on there. So that's been a <laughs> very entertaining time. Also, No Shot Bot TV, check it out. Our buddy Will, uh, formerly known as Big Willie Dubs Gaming, No Shot Bot TV. Uh, no Shot Bot. No Shot Bot, baby. They're doing some excellent stuff over there. He's got all kinds of fun. Uh, I love his TikToks. Those are my favorite part. I, I just love watching TikTok the TikToks. Bot. Yeah, the, the TikToks are very fun. But man, No he's, Shot TikToks. He's, he's got his stuff going on on Twitch and uh, you know streaming over there on Facebook and YouTube and all that good stuff. Check them out. The No Shot Bot TV also, a quick shout out to It's Your Time Massage, IYTMassage.com. Amanda's a wonderful massage therapist. She does tremendous work. Uh, if you haven't gotten a massage yet, fellas, you need to get one. IYTMassage.com, the best massage therapist in the area. You know it. I, I can't stress enough how great she is. Uh, also, at her, she, her, she, she massaged hydrogen out of water. She can do it. I bet she could. And then uh, also uh, Patch Miracle Photography, the best photographers around. Uh, Patch Miracle, man, that you need uh, wedding photos, you need baby photos, you need uh, engagement photos, you need a, a special boudoir shoot for that sexy little uh, adventure with that special someone in your life. You want to do that? PatchMiraclePhotography.com, baby pictures, graduation pictures, you name it, they can do it. The most professional quality, professional grade pictures you can ask for. Patch Miracle Photography, check them out. And That's folks, right. that is our show. Hey, you forgot somebody. Face Kicked Apparel. Our, yes. old, our old friend, uh, Sean Stockmeyer, over at Face Kicked Apparel. Uh, shirts, shirts, hoodies, hats, you pick it, he sticks it. You know, and your boy Cannonball here is going to have a new shirt out sometime soon. I'm, I'm in the dealings with uh, Sean Stockmeyer right now. Uh, so hopefully we're going to get some gimmicks put together uh, to sell at the merch table. Uh, but yeah, if, if you, if you got, if you got an idea for, uh, you know, for anything, you know, go hit those guys up a solid businessman, quality work. And you know, the, the fairs are fair. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, face kicked apparel. Apologies to face kicked apparel. I, I knew I was, I felt like I was going a little short there. He, he might kick your face and he might, he might. Ah. <laughs> Folks, Alex, good save. And folks, that's our show. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Enjoy week one. It's it, the, the time is here. The time is here. <laughs> it's, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Absolutely. So thank you so much for listening. And we will see you next week right here on the Outside Blitz. You're probably talking about us because we're the only thing to talk about. Ciao.